You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. Hey, have you guys heard of the new show on the Count Out Network, the Ichiban Sweetcast? It's the brand new New Japan Pro Wrestling Podcast starring the International Wrestling Grand Prix. That's me, your good friend Curtis Spears. And me, your bad friend Rafe Houston. And we're here to talk about everything New Japan Pro Wrestling, reacting to everything, getting worked up, getting very happy, sometimes crying. Kind of like like something else we used to do, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that was the old uh, Okada Shorts podcast, right? Ah, that's right. And if you love that show, you're going to love this show because it's exactly the same show. Yeah, we just had to change the name. Yeah, we, we did. But you can check it everywhere on a social media handle that we haven't made yet. Yeah, we're really new to this. So what you can do is search on your favorite podcast catcher of choice. Look for the Ichiban Sweetcast. Sweetcast, Ichiban. And here we go in three, two, one. Anyone listen, hearing the music? Yeah, I heard it. I don't hear it at all. <laughs> all right, well, it's over. <laughs> music at all. Oh. Welcome, everybody. <laughs> We're not going to do another take. <laughs> Chris, is this the worst that podcast you've done this weekend? <laughs> um, It's... No, worst. I mean, we don't know yet. We just started. So I, say, I'll, take, I'll, seconds. I'll take the diplomatic <laughs> approach that it can't be the worst until it's over. All right. Sort sweet. of like Okada versus Danielson won. Oh, man. You got it in early. Wow. Oh, you didn't even wait. You didn't even wait for us to get even close to the match. I would All never. Right. All right. All right. What happened to uh, my I'll, audio? <laughs> I'll like take it. over for Ryan. Go, please. Um, so. Chris, thank you for joining us here today for the Wrestle Kingdom 18 preview. Obviously, a lot going on in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling these days. If if you don't live under a rock, of course. Um, you have, we have a new president in New Japan in the form of Hiroshi Tanahashi, which, I don't know, I find pretty exciting just as a fan of the product. No idea if he's going to be a good president. No idea what he has planned. But when you learned about the change, uh, what were your feelings regarding Tanahashi as president and director? I believe. Yeah, president and, and director. Um, oh, wow, was probably my first feeling. Like, oh, wow, okay. Um, and then I sort of had to dig in on whether it's kind of a figurehead role or like a real sure. role um you know by just kind of asking around or just looking into some of the history of that role and and when it was held by wrestlers or you know active or pseudo active wrestlers um and you know as i kind of talked to some people and figured some stuff out like it, it feels like a real role um mm -hmm. it's it's an advancement of his ambassador role that he's already kind of lived in for uh, you know his whole career there almost um and but I do think that it is a response to a couple of things. I think the move from, you know, ultimately Bruce Road, who owns the company, I think it's a response to um, some general 
unrest with the wrestlers, mm-hmm. specifically with the talent, right? For various reasons. Can um, we name a wrestler? No. I mean, no, I can't, and only because I don't know. Um, I okay. it was at time of recording, I believe Dave reported uh, a wrestler's name. I believe Dave reported Dave Meltzer, of course, of the Wrestling Observer. I believe he reported Okada was someone that was upset. Okay. Right. And that's someone that has been in the conversation already as someone who is, you know, surprisingly willing to leave New Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that that seed got planted. And I think that got run right up the flagpole real quick. And I, I do think that that's part of how we got here. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's also a response to everything that's been happening with stardom and injuries. Yeah. Um, and and generally, you know, maybe the quote unquote office not listening to um, not listening to or not guiding the wrestlers to you know to a sustainable career ultimately yeah yeah so you know i think there's a couple of things that play there and i think you know everything i've heard from from wrestlers and from backstage is quote unquote party in the dojo i mean like they're thrilled (laughs) right they're thrilled that this is happening that um someone with a wrestler's mindset will be you know ready to or will be in a position to influence the direction of the company whether or not he's got the final say some of that stuff like i don't really know yeah right i don't think the booking is changing Uh, no yeah but that doesn't mean that someone in that type of position couldn't influence the booking but if we think hiroshi tanahashi didn't already have a voice in the booking room like (laughs) we're 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 kidding ourselves i mean he's he's a pretty important dude and if he has a feeling about something he's probably going to share it and people are going to listen um, but this does kind of legitimize that, which I think is cool. Um, yep. I, I, I think if nothing else, it's just brought some good vibes to this season. And, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I, that is worth, that's worth a lot. Um, yeah. but I love that he's talking about all the things that, you know, someone, someone reached out to me and had some questions about kind of, is he qualified for this role? And when it really comes down to it, like running a pro wrestling company in Japan, is so much it's less dynamic than like being the ceo of a wrestling company in america because your focus in japan is one thing sell tickets Mm -hmm. like sell tickets and with ticket sales and a great environment for your shows the presentation gets bigger the presentation gets better the foreign fans catch on um so his big thing is can we put some you know title matches in different cities so we can Mm -hmm. sell more tickets and can we sell out the tokyo dome right like which is quite the undertaking that's a humongous undertaking i don't even know what that means right like selling out (laughs) we don't know no one really knows i mean we might know once taylor swift does her shows we'll know how many people she can (laughs) back in there but like i mean and i honestly don't know if that's a thing in japan it probably is right why wouldn't it be it's but, taylor swift Taylor Swift, different phenomenon it's fine um but i you know we don't really know what that means for a pro wrestling show does it right. mean you know the fake numbers from this from the 80s from the early 90s or does yeah, it bring the fake numbers back does it mean yeah exactly does it mean <laughs> 50,000 probably something more like 50,000 is my bet with staging and all that stuff so I don't think it's out of the question ticket sales this year are great um yeah. they're they were well well outpacing last year um and I think the the hype for the Naito roll call is gonna you know bring in a, a pretty healthy walk-up so I think they're gonna surpass 30k this year and I think that that's that's healthy business even if on our end of the the world the you know the growth seems to have stalled. 
Sure. sure. And there was that financial report that they put out that kind of financially New Japan is kind of back where it was pre-pandemic. Which close at least yeah, close at the very least and it's like you know it's it, it took surely it took several years to get to that point maybe a couple of years too long but hey you know we're we're back there i guess we're, we're pretty much back there and you know tanahashi obviously has a, a a a lot to you know figure out in terms of his new position but i i feel like you're right i feel like at the very least he can handle it he is very well known as being a locker room leader in the back Having uh, a wrestler, not just a wrestler, but the ace in the front office, like or the back office, like whatever, wherever the office is positioned, uh, <laughs> um, where you know, having someone like that, you know, having having that someone in that position could be very good. Uh, does he bring in anyone else into that office? I, I, that's the question I had. I think that's a later conversation for him. But you know, he you know he has some power now. He has some say. I wonder if he. Uh, has any friends that he wants? I say he has more power now. He definitely had some power right. just well, being you Hiroki my, Tanahashi. You my point. <laughs> and we and we have already learned something new about Tanahashi, which is which is tremendous. Is that he's never been tired. Well, ever since that uh, Kota Bushi meeting, he he started to learn a new way of learning. Yeah, he's on the twenty five hour exactly right. Five hour calendar, yeah. He's on the twenty five hour calendar right there. No, uh, I mean Tanahashi's never been tired, and MJF is writing uh like. 4,000 words about being tired. So, I mean, you know, different strokes. Um, it's all, it's all good, but I mean, the man, the man tells us he's never been tired. I'm inclined to believe him. So, believe. Cause he's never lied to me and look at the man would, is that a face of a liar? I don't think so. Definitely not the hair of a liar. <laughs> it's a, it's the hair of a tease though. If you know what I mean. Uh, that's hey, true. that's true. <laughs> Scotty, Scotty, we haven't done our like our year like year look at for every wrestling company yet, but yeah, I feel like Chris would be so fantastic on that show as well. Just be like, hey, how do you think AEW is going to do? How do you think they've done this past year? Well, <laughs> I, I want to be really clear. I'm an AEW fan. I sort yeah, of do some work for them occasionally too, right? So I turn into hard. You know, I just say. thought it was really funny as I'm reading MJF's piece today. Like it's like bullet point number five. I'm tired. And I was like, man, my my president said he's never been tired. And this man's out here putting it out there that he is tired. I was like, I don't know. It's that's there's you know. I just assume everyone's tired. I mean, I, I they, sh they should everyone in pro wrestling in any role is probably tired because it's never ending. Yeah, remember that mm -hmm. Okada documentary that came out on New Japan World? Yeah, that was great, actually. That guy was, like, broken. Yeah. <laughs> that was years ago. Oh, man. Oh. Anyway, well, speaking, you brought up AEW. I, I, this is something I want to know about. How has that sort of transition... Uh, obviously, Kevin Kelly still uses your independent services sure. uh, for, for notes for his commentary on Collision. How has that been for you? Obviously, not as much history uh an aew as compared to new japan um uh wh where how is that you know obviously you have the tournament bringing into for the continental classic but how is everything on collision how is that sort of di diving into aw stats how has that been for sort of you chris yeah so i um when aew rolled out in 2019 like that's when i really started to do this kind of publicly for with new japan so i started to do aew stuff um just independently on my own just to just to track it they were the hot product right something yeah. to put out there and get some you know buzz about my work um and i i sort of fell off of it because it became 
it became patently obvious to me that kind of the, the booking trends were going to be like, um, everyone's going to win on dark and we're, you know, there's not that many big matches to leverage for, for me to have content to put out. Yeah. Or that it would be interesting on a week to week basis. So, you know, I sort of backed away from that, but, um, so I've always had sort of a running document tracking AEW. Now I didn't keep it up to date as, as I did with new Japan because I wasn't really working with the product, but, um, yeah, when Kevin reached out to me and let me know that he was taking the, the, the big seat at collision, um, I got myself up to date and I, I, I figured out sort of the approach to how to look at AEW in a unique way. And, you know, it, it is, there's a lot less to work with, especially on the week to week TVs. Um, oftentimes even collision which is i in my opinion a more wrestling focused show um mm-hmm. there's just not that much to draw from even if i'm pulling from yeah. people's whole careers um it's not like a touring national brand like new japan which gives you just oodles of data to work with and and trends to see pretty quickly um mm-hmm. so i've had to kind of find my way and often what i'm what i end up finding with AEW is things like someone's results in main events or something really specific, right? Like really drilling something down to the point where it's like, you know, this person in main events on collision is seven and oh, you know, and it's like, okay, that's neat. That's a good one. Right. And cause that's, that's always what I'm digging in and hunting for. Right. I do these Mm -hmm. kind of big packets for the broadcast teams that have like everything I look at, but then the bullet points that I pull out or, put out on Twitter or, or really highlight in, in the body of the, of the, of the work is always that type of stuff where it's like, I drilled this down to the point where I'm helping to create a little bit of uncertainty about, you know, matches that are generally perceived to be a certain win or loss for someone. So, um, you know, everything I do with Kevin, you know, a lot of times I send stuff off and I kind of know it's just, maybe he's gonna maybe he'll analyze it and find something but i didn't um and that's honestly more often than not what happens because he'll look at it and be like oh this is interesting like he'll wait for that moment in the match where it crosses the 10 minute threshold and he's like oh samoa joe wins his matches in you know he wins x percent of his matches in under 10 but anything that goes over 10 he's you know he's this and kevin finds a lot of that stuff himself so a lot of what i'm doing is you know ironically just pulling together the the data and the information and it's always been a strength of kevin's to look at that stuff and pull things out that even i didn't find but i'll I, when i find something great like i'm gonna shout it from the rooftops and make sure that gets used because you know my my whole thing is to create that uncertainty in in, in a world of pro wrestling right and like to use you know really detail-oriented stuff to create that like oh maybe he's not going to just win this in a in a flash right so yeah. um so it's been fun i mean most you know most of the time it's it's a little tough to do because i don't know the match order for aw sure. um you know so the, the approach is just so different but you know every now and then kevin shoots me a text on saturday afternoon and he's like hey this is this and you know here maybe can you can you pull something together for this thing or whatever and that's it's a thrill it's always a thrill to just be able to contribute some cool stuff and um you know but they've got a team of people that does similar stuff there it's just a little less deep dived um you know but um i would love to continue to contribute to that team in in whatever way i can that's what i always love about the sport of pro wrestling uh is that 
it brings out a different side of a story that wrestling could be telling. Uh, that's why I've always loved about your work, Chris, is that like, you. you know, so much of it can obviously be, you know, about, uh, I don't know, let's say devils uh, or not. Uh, but so much of it can also just be, as we saw sort of with the continental classic, that, that idea of like, Oh, you know, Oh, this guy, this guy can, uh, has won this so many matches. This guy can win for is very good at the 10 minute mark, but otherwise past that. I mean, it was like, that's like a common thing. If I recall correctly, that was always like a complaint, not a complaint, but an issue of like Mike Tyson and boxing. Sure. Yeah. The longer he went, the, he had like really no endurance. It was just that he's so good. in like that first five minutes or so, and right. the longer he went, he would just, get drained and it was so much easier to beat him uh and obviously that uh later got brought over to uh, mike tyson's punch out uh, <laughs> but but I, i've always found that fascinating because it's so like an aspect of wrestling that sh- i feel like could be brought up more i feel it'd be so much interesting for a match to happen and be like it's after five minutes right how he can handle any and he, he doesn't and a wrestler can't it, it's fascinating i feel like i would love to see that more but i, I what do you do is uh, that's what we really enjoy and that's obviously why we have you on the show all the time well thanks yeah i mean i think my whole thing is that i, I really want to make wrestling more approachable for everyone and i think that mm-hmm. like core statistics that people are familiar with is approachable right and I, it's how i learned about everything that's happened in new japan as i looked at this stuff and i was like oh okay like yeah this guy wrestles a lot but like he never wins and he never gets the pin even when he does win like stuff like that like and new Japan really lends itself to that. Like I said, and, and I think that I'm lucky to have found that lane. Um, and that, that offers me the opportunity to have conversations like this or to be connected to someone like Kevin Kelly. Um, and to, to have conversations about what my mindset about pro wrestling mm. is. Right. So yeah. I can, I can pull together all the data, like an aggregator all you want, but I, I love the ability or the, the opportunity to, analyze and that's why i love to work with all the broadcasters like i just think it's such a great it's a cool lane for me um and honestly i've gotten it so automated that um it's it's pretty easy so it's fun so what you're saying is collision was a lot easier to give notes for when cm punk was around because he always main evented got it um see, but i but but working <laughs> tag tag matches don't give me much that's true that's you true. know, it's really the single yeah. stuff that always is going to be the the highlight, unless it's a tag team that's like really getting after something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my my my, my, my joke question, Scotty, was going to be uh, how easy was it to? Uh, he's talked about Chris talked about uh, uh, making wrestling more available to people. My question, mm. my joke question was going to be how uh, easy what is it to explain round robin tournaments uh, to make that <laughs> wrestling available to the AEW audience? I, you know, again, my whole thing is to make it easier to be a fan. I mean, like, and yeah. easier to understand. And I honestly, like, I remember seeing the first you know g1 that i paid attention to and i was like what are the rules who gets yeah. the what and that they didn't have english commentary on it yet so i was mm-hmm. like you know googling and trying to figure it out and i was like okay round robin i'm familiar with that i'm a sports guy right like but like round robins aren't familiar to american sports audiences yeah. it's hard yeah. to juggle all the elimination scenarios well i mean and most of that's a joke i mean like i love to get into <laughs> it right but like yeah. most of most of that's like, but what if this happens? It's like, okay, I got an insane five way. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm gonna pull out now. I'm gonna pull out the sign that says it's a work, right? Like I'm like it's a work. <laughs> they're not gonna do it. Um, yeah. you know. But 
again, AEW then pulled out the three-way for the for the final of the the one league, and I think that that was clever, um, yeah. frust- frustrating, but clever. Um, and now we know what they do in the in the in the sense of a tie. I, also, I we probably to the five-way. We probably know what New Japan would do in the in that scenario as well now, because if they're still doing knockout stage tournaments, they may do that. But um, yeah, I mean, I the. Continental Classic, I think they pulled it off. I think it, it was a great tournament. It was well booked. Um, you know, I had a lot of fun covering it. I had a lot of fun helping people understand the purpose of it all um, yeah. and and what everything meant, right? And and that that's my kind of that's my role around here, right? My role in yeah. the in the in the Twitterverse is to be helpful um, yeah. and and to make it all a little bit easier to to track and pay attention to and um you know i know at, there were certain points during the beginning of the announcement of that tournament that i might have gotten a little snarky but um <laughs> it was in the vein of being helpful i mean it was in the yeah. vein of, and and honestly like in in hopes that someone there found those tweets that they were getting a lot of attention and that they then realized that um they needed to over explain participants stuff. Oh. and and well that um <laughs> But I think it's been a win. Um, I think it's yeah. been a win for guys like me who enjoy wrestling for that. And um, you know, I think mm-hmm. I think there's all all comers will will figure it out. One day, how to put our money where our mouth, how to put our money where our mouth were, or whatever. He, you, you, I, I think you that, Scotty. <laughs> I I had money in my mouth. <laughs> the entire tournament, I was the whole tournament. Out. I'm eating money. <laughs> We should probably talk about New Japan, huh? <laughs> what a show. Uh, what a show. Uh, yeah, it's got to go ahead. Uh, so Wrestle Kingdom 18, we'll get back to that. <laughs> um, as much as I love making jokes. Um, big show here, obviously, for many reasons. There's a lot of change coming for New Japan, not just in the office, but of course, you know, we know Will Ospreay's leaving soon. And that's, you know, one of the biggest names in New Japan on the way out. Obviously, the rumors of Kazuchika Okada have been apparent over the past month or so, but they've seemed to quiet down after uh, you know a new president walked in the door. I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying anything, though Dave Meltzer said uh, Okada wanted Obari out. Um, I just read that on my little newsletter to my left here. Mm-hmm. Um, in PDF form now. In PDF form, yes, it's very nice looking. Um, do you think <laughs> think Dave needed help to convert it to all, all PDF, or do you think Dave's doing that himself? I'm not going to share all that I know. Interesting, interesting. He's got he's got inside PDF. No, he he's Dave holding had, on to. <laughs> my understanding is that Dave had a very particular system of how he got the Observer into existence yeah. every every week, and it had to have changed to to be able to do a, a well formatted PDF. So. Um, you would think something changed. Maybe you got a new computer. The last time I saw Dave, I was sitting next to him at All Out uh, 2021, and he had like the biggest laptop I've ever seen someone <laughs> traveling with. And I was like, I almost was like, Dave, when did you? Because we were, I was in a suite, um, and Dave happened to be in the suite next to us. So I sat next to yeah. Dave with a suite partition, and like, I was like, what is that computer like it's like plugged in you know like the whole shot like the, desktop. and and he's just i mean the man is a the, the man's a machine like i was so yeah. like i would like peek over i'd be like he's wow like he no wonder he can type so many words um 
or like post so many words in the observer. So yeah. um yeah, that's neither here nor there. But yeah, something had to have changed. But yeah, I mean, if you're a wrestling observer subscriber, download them PDFs. They're beautiful. Mm-hmm. They are, they are. Uh I wonder if the Hall of yeah, Fame is going to change or if it's still going to be uh, its insane sort of process. But anyways, go ahead, Scotty. Uh, but as I was saying, uh, is the excitement level there? It is Wrestle Kingdom season? I think it is. I get excited for Wrestle Kingdom season. I'm sure you do as well. doesn't matter what the card is almost ever. But the more I talk about this card, the more I look at this card, the more excited I get about this show. Uh, do you feel the same way, especially making the rounds here? Yeah, I think once we got the full card, yes, I got really excited because um, then you, you can kind of picture how the show is going to go. Um, you know that some of the the things you were hoping for have have been added to the card, things like that. So yeah, when when we got the full card announcement, I was I was like, this is good. You know, it was like one of those things where I was like, all right, like wasn't really sure. I started to see the writing on the wall with where they were headed, but um you know once you can kind of confirm like okay this is a good one um then i i was thrilled and, th- and a lot of that stuff happened on the on that last announcement because you got the young guys on the card and that's so important to me yes um as i've been talking about everywhere i've gone for the last year like we're so in the midst of a transitional period for new japan so getting that new generation in some spot on the card i love right so seeing suji and Uemura in the singles match and then seeing Kiyomiya and Narita and um, uh, Shota Umino all on in, in a match like that was really that was meaningful to me and I know a lot of a lot of people are talking about how they wish those guys were in higher spots or against a different generation I'd love that they're fighting each other you know why because we're gonna point back to this Wrestle Kingdom in five six seven years yep. and say like that that was the start right yep. that was the start of this generation of this peak Right. And I don't know what that peak's going to look like, but there's another peak coming because wrestling works in cycles. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're in a we're in a weird transitional phase where New Japan has kind of figured out its lane in pro wrestling as a whole again. And I think that um, I think that I think that the peak is not too far off either. Like, I think that they're going to be able to rebuild very quickly and and they know they'll know what the risks are now with you know operating in a world that has an AEW in it. Yeah, I think so speaking about that AEW part of it is like I think like this year or I should say next year 2024 is going to be very interesting for a lot of different companies in New Japan especially. Obviously, a new president is going to have its own new sort of uh, things to work out and figure out. But you know there is a lot of new changeover. I mean, if God forbid Okada left, then they have to figure out so much stuff almost immediately. I mean, that would be three of their top guys, Jay White, Will Ospreay, and Kazuchika Okada, basically out of the company within six months to a year. That would be incredibly devastating to any promotion. Uh, so having these guys wrestle each other and bring up slowly but surely, you know, heat is what New Japan does best is that uh, put them on a boiling point. They're, they're slowly putting them on a simmer right now slowly putting up these new generations up on the card facing each other so that down the line we have more historic rivalries because we have five years of data to go back on um and i think that's i think you're completely right is those young guys matches is really going to be the the focal point the key point for the next cycle which is probably really starting in 2024 for new yes 
Yeah, because they're all back now, right? We had to wait for Yuamura to come back. Um, and we had to wait for Amino to like get it together. Um, hey, hey, he, oh, hey, oh, 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 hey, hey, he has gotten <laughs> it together. He has it together all the way. But it this time last year we were talking about Yumino as a as a as a fraud. Um, and then he had the Naito match. Who's um, we? <laughs> we Chris the, and I we the collective. Oh, um, I wasn't. I've been a believer since day one. And right, then baby. he had I was a believer, but he you still gotta you gotta give me something to believe in. I mean, give him a break. And then he had the Naito match, and I was real worried. And but Uh man, something something clicked with that dude. He's he's incredible. Um, he's the he's the future ace for real. So yes, but my guy, my guy, my guy is still Yuya Yuamura. Um, I have I have a spot in my heart. I have a spot in my heart carved out for Yuya Yuamura um i have since really since day one he's been the guy that i looked at and said like he's the dude um and then i was in i was at resurgence 2021 when he got he was he had just gone on an excursion and he got the pin in the multi-man match and you should have seen this face like i was just like thrilled like a little teenager that just saw taylor swift like i was so excited for this man and um yeah i mean it, so he's still my guy. So I'm real curious about that singles match that got added to the card with Suji. This is a fascinating podcast because we got a you Amora fan. We got a, a, a whatever Scotty is uh, shooter. What the what the hell? Well, what which nickname are we going with? Uh, we go with shooter. We always go with shooter. Never yeah. go with the roughneck. Never the roughneck shooter with the two jackets mm-hmm. and the three different colors and the, the, the wristbands like a Taylor Swift and, and a half it, of everyone's finisher. It, uh, yeah, see that part we need to fix. <laughs> I, I need him to get his own finisher. However, he's got to do the spinning death rider. I mean, like, that's an incredible move. Like, why, how is that not a finish? That's true. I, meanwhile, I'm the resident gene blaster over here. So well, yeah, that's fine. That. He's I'm, great. That's, They're all, that's the popular pick. Yeah, I love to get gene blasted. Is that a, is that a crime? Yeah. Everyone takes a sip of coffee. The way you <laughs> say it, yeah, it is. Uh, sorry for uh, tuning out. Uh, there was actually big news that I wasn't expecting to read. Anyways, anyways. Quickly, well, it's this is going to be late by the time it, it's. Uh, I, I don't know. It depends how you feel. About it's not New Japan. Japan. Oh, relevant New well, Japan. Well, it could be sort of. It seems to be sort of relevant to New Japan. She's hey, not signing with WWE. Oh, who? Julia or Mercedes? Mercedes. Oh, Mercedes. What does Julia have to do with anything? Uh, there was no <laughs> earlier today that Julia's signing potentially signing. Yeah. Well, no, we were talking about Mercedes, and that's kind of. Big news, but so you're saying um, not signing WWE. Uh, Chris, immediate thoughts. Do you think she returns to stardom? Um, she no. wrestled once in stardom, so uh, but then, that <laughs> match, maybe that, that's how we get that Julia match back on the table. I think the door, I don't, I wouldn't say the door is closed, but I don't think she's got more matches for the New Japan stardom Bushi Road group. That's just, I don't know anything, but. Um, I think she's a good hunch. I think she's been gone long enough that now it's time for her to pop back up in the U.S. Completely yeah, agree. I think you're right. Uh, well, Should let's we get, get to the, the. You want to get to the card? Yeah, let's get to the card. Uh, of course, January fourth, 2024, Tokyo Dome. You know what it is? It's Wrestle Kingdom eighteen in the Tokyo Dome. We'll go through the full card here, uh, and uh, we'll break down everything that's happening uh, on January fourth. January fourth. Uh, now much to start with other than the Rambo returns with the final four meeting at the New Year Dash. 
uh, event the next day. Um, obviously, we don't know any of the participants in it. Chris, do you have any sort of non-participant named stats to give us on the Rambo? No, I try not to cover the Rambo. Um, so, but I would imagine Tai Chi will be in the Rambo. Mm-hmm. That's okay. just a hunch because he's the incumbent, I guess, champion. Yeah. The incumbent KOPT, uh, yeah, KOPT, KOPW champion. Yeah, but he's not the champion because that, yeah, I don't know. It will Chase Owens be making a run through the Rambo again this year, finally. Only he only wins the handcuff Rambos. My apologies, sir. You were fully correct. <laughs> I forgot about the handcuff Rambo. Oh, it it was an era. I can't forget. <laughs> Burned into my retina. Well, then we'll start off properly with the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Title Match up for grabs. Here, of course, we have Drill Maloney and Clark Connors defending their titles for the fourth time here against Francisco Akira and TJPW. Of course, the Super Junior Tag League winners. Uh, Chris, of course, we'll start with you first as our guest. Uh, talk to us about this match uh, with Akira and TJP ta- challenging Bullet Club War Dogs, Drilla Maloney, and Clark Connors. Um, thrilled to see Clark Connors on the main card. Thrilled to see Drilla Maloney, you know, in a in a primary spot here. This is classic New Japan Wrestle Kingdom, right? Like open with the junior tag match, go balls to the wall, you know. And and I just hope that those dudes walk into the back and say, like, we did what we were supposed to do. Like, we got the crowd, uh, we got them paying attention, we got them invested. And, you know, this is not going to be your five-star match of the night, but it's definitely going to be your five-star match of the, um, you know, in the sense of hitting the mark for what they're supposed to do for this card, mm-hmm. right? And that's, that's a really, really important role. Um, and, you know, I, I'm intrigued by the TJP, and the coffin match and all that stuff. Like I, you know, it's all a little too much for me, but um, like, why did we have to pivot uh, the best thing that you can do to build a tag match, which is split the tag teams up and let them have singles matches. Why did you have to ruin that by doing a coffin match? I'm hopeful that there's something kind of fun um, on the TJP has been teasing this rebirth and something different. So um, I think come back as suicide. I, you know what? I think that that's, that's someone else put that out there too somewhere. And I, I was like, Oh yeah, that's probably it. Um, Cause that totally is, seems like it's his lane, but um, you know, and I think that there's some intrigue with what happens with the um, United empire because yeah, a lot, you know, especially with TJP sort of changing personality kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and Osprey being on his way to AEW. What, you know, what does that mean for that unit? in new Japan specifically, right? Like obviously they can all follow him to where he's going to go, but I don't, I don't think that's the plan. So, and I think, I think it's been an important unit for new Japan. So kind of what's the, what's the path forward for them? I don't think we get much insight to that here in this match, but um, I, I think if I had to bet, I think the bullet club team is going to retain. Because I just don't, I don't feel like the trajectory is there with the with Catch Two Two right now. I, I pretty much agree. Is that I, I feel like it's going to be the Bullet Club. I, I think, in a weird way, I feel like uh, Bullet Club War Dogs need a lot of oomph going into twenty twenty four, and I think uh, one win here will help that. Uh, Scotty, what do you think? Do you think uh, 
Uh, War Dogs, we can get the win here, or do you think uh, uh, what is it? Catch twenty two, catch two two. Sorry, catch two two. Yeah, is going to uh, put it together. Uh, I think catch two two, just just to give them respect for what a year they had. Uh, you know, when you hear the tag team of the year conversations, I think they should be heavily considered by anyone uh, going around. It's them and Bishamon, obviously, from New Japan that deserve that respect. Everyone will go to the, you know, FTR and stuff like that. But I think these two teams, especially Catch 2-2, you know, who's a newer team, uh, deserves that respect. And it's nice to see them head into the Tokyo Dome, you know, coming off the big tag league win. Um with excitement, I just think because of how good they are now. I don't know if this TJPW, TJPW, geez, so much, too much other wrestling. Uh, TJP, I don't know, maybe that's his new character. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know what he is going to be. Um, I know he's done a lot of new things. Maybe he just like, I don't know, shaves his head and <laughs> calls it a day there. Um, but I'm excited because this is this is what is the perfect start to wrestle kingdom this is why i didn't like the two days mm-hmm. this is like this this is yeah. this is how we kick off this is how we get into it um i think the war dogs need the win far more um just because you're trying to build momentum with them you're trying to build mo- momentum with them as a group um and you want them to start off hot because i don't know how the rest of the night's going to go for the war dogs but i do know that Clark and Drilla, they're finding momentum together. I just keep going with that. Yeah, I can fully agree with all that. Uh, hey, you know, uh, maybe TJP's rebirth into suicide is very, maybe it's coinciding with the rebirth of TNA as well. You know, maybe that's, maybe that's where this is all headed. Uh, hey, they, more relationship. they do. Yeah. One, one last thing. Um, the last four times that the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team titles were defended in the Tokyo Dome, they were retained. Mm-hmm. So that speaks step. to... Yeah, and it's it's one of the few titles that generally gets retained at the Tokyo <laughs> Dome um, because I've got some others that uh, have a long, long list of uh, unsuccessful defenses. So yeah, something worth noting. The IWGP tags. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, 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 that one's right up here. I don't need to look that one up. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I remember that from last year's conversation. Yeah. Yep, and I just I just tick it up one notch every every year. Mm-hmm. Well, then we'll certainly see what happens here. I, I fully think War Dogs uh, should get the win and move on to see where they go down the line. Uh, let's talk about the New Japan World TV title up for grabs. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr., the first champion, of course. A I would say, honestly, we talked about this before, Scotty and I, and I talked about it uh, in the upcoming episode of The Ballot on the Count Out Patreon, talking about Zack Sabre Jr.'s Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame case. Um, I think Zack Sabre Jr.'s world title, t- world TV title run has been the best championship title run for any company in years. I think it was the best uh, best championship run this year alone. I know a lot of people gave praise, like people like Orange Cassidy. For me, it was Zack Sabre Jr., the best champion of the year all year long. Obviously, having the title all year long. And now he's here facing... Not just the ace, but the president of the company, uh, which, uh, who knows, maybe maybe throws a wrench in the plans. Who knows? Uh, Chris, how do you feel about Zack Sabre Jr. versus Tanahashi for the world TV title? Yeah, I mean, I think Zack needs to get his flowers, right? I mean, the, the, the man's had an incredible year, and... Just by just in New Japan, he's got 23 singles wins in 2023. And a lot, most of those were um, 
TV title defenses. And you have to go all the way back to 2010 to find someone who won that many singles matches. And that's just in new Japan. And then he took it outside. He defended the title a couple of times in ring of honor. He's had singles matches elsewhere. I mean, just an incredible year for Zack Sabre jr. And on that, I think I would love to see him lose this match um, because classic new Japan. I want him to lose up. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. To any of the other titles, really, but probably yeah. either that that global heavyweight championship um, or the big title. Um, yeah. And I, I want him into those pictures. And I think that um, I think Tanahashi, you know, regardless of what the the quote unquote office said about what the TV title is all about, um, yeah. I th- I actually think Tanahashi winning it. Um, winning a title that they're committed to putting defenses into different cities in Japan. Um, as Tanahashi mentioned in his press conference and with shorter match lengths and a title that's intended to be for younger or newer wrestlers. Um, you could, you could give Tana a little run with this title and eventually one of the younger guys takes it off of him. And then, then it's, then it's time to roll right in, in the objective, the original objective of the title. So um, obviously you can go straight to, to Zach doing the same, but I think now's the time maybe to, you know, banana peel loss Tanahashi and Zach, they've got a hell of a history. They they've got 11 singles matches under their belts. They've got plenty of things to call back, but only two of those matches are less than 15 minutes. So that's something worth kind of being mindful of is that like normally they're pacing the matches to go much longer. So I think we're going to get a different version of that match too. So I think that's compelling. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think there's, there's a lot of directions you can go, um, but the, the TV title may end up being the ambassador title because they post those matches on YouTube and, mm-hmm. you know, free Tanahashi matches. I mean, that sounds great to, that sounds like great, easy marketing yep. as are free Zach matches, but you know, Tanahashi's a, a whole nother level. How uh, you talk about the time limits for these, uh, obviously for the title and for these wrestlers. Do you have a stat available to you about how Tanahashi is at 15 minutes or roughly that sort of time length? Not off the top of, not not something I've looked into yet, mm-hmm. um, which is why I love that I do these before I have to send things off because I'll put a note down to do that. But if, you, <laughs> if Scott wants to talk for a second, I could see what I can, yeah. what I can pull together here. Yeah, Scotty, what do you think uh, the way, about Sabre versus Tanahashi? Uh, the way I look at this match isn't about who wins. It's about Zach going up, right? And Zach going up could happen now. It could happen tomorrow. It could happen whenever. Losing to Tanahashi is never a bad thing. And I think maybe that's the easiest way to have him move on from this reign. Uh, but there's also, you know, the part where maybe you want to give the big win after just such a dominant reign to one of those younger guys that we have been talking about, right? Maybe, you know, a Yoda Suji or Yu Yuimura, for example. Uh, maybe they win their match, and this is the title they go for. I'd obviously like to see them go for the bigger belts uh, as well, but, you know, there's, there's enough belts to go around right now um, for these wrestlers. So I think that's an intrigue to me. Um, but. I think Tanahashi winning and then dropping it to one of them is probably even better just yeah. from the moment in time that that happens in the scene where, you know, you have a 
maybe Yoda Suji or you were more standing tall over Tanahashi. I think that's just as important. But ultimately what I want out of this is to, for Zach to really get his shot now with those topper belts. You know, he's obviously never held them. He's had the matches for him. He's won the New Japan Cup and all that, but he's ready. He's ready to hold one of those titles. I think the global title, like yep. the understanding that I have of that belt it screams Zack Saber Jr., right? Mm-hmm. Like the the champion that goes and finds the fights himself. That's literally what he did with this belt, and I think he would do it so well with that one. So hopefully that is where he's off to if he does lose here. So I've got a, a little one, I guess. I just kind of quickly ran the last five years, right? So in the last five years, Hiroshi Tanahashi's average singles winning match length is seventeen minutes and forty eight seconds. Oh. Right. Whereas, whereas Zach's is fourteen thirteen, which I imagine from this past year. Yeah, I think that got that did get <laughs> that obviously got pulled down this year. But you know, can you can you quickly run? Sorry, I'm asking. Yeah, I can do. I I can quickly run most things. What can you, you do the last five years of Zach Saber Jr. minus this past year? This I can do well. Let's just look at 2022, just okay. as a as a, on on its own here, and Zach fifteen twenty two. And Tanahashi seventeen twenty five with the same number of matches. Okay, so oh, okay. so Great. still similar, right? Um, and I can yeah. keep going back year by year, but so Tanahashi can do it. He just has to speed up a little bit more. Oh, and I think that that's yeah. Like every year, I'm looking at Zach sort of in that fifteen range, and and for wins, mm-hmm. and Tanahashi's in that eighteen to twenty range. Um, Zach's lo- average loss time seems to fluctuate pretty heavily. Whereas Tanahashi's average losses are very long, um, okay. so it's really tough to beat Tanahashi in less than in less than fifteen when it really comes down to it in a singles match, which which totally makes sense given the spots he's been in on mm-hmm. the card, and you know, and Zach goes from you know thirteen to eighteen to I mean twenty twenty one everyone was spending their entire life in the ring, so it's almost one it's almost an outlier in that way where it's hard to even put much stock behind it, but. Yeah, I mean, there's probably something I can find there. Um, you know, enough to enough to work with. That's it. Very interesting. I wanted to go back and talk about uh, that sort of losing up and that sort of uh, idea. Um, less of a question, more of just I was thinking about it as you were talking about it, Scotty, and about you know, Ta- Zach Saber Jr. has quite the history of losing up uh, against Tanahashi. I mean, comes in this company, his first match is against Shibata, uh, where he wins the Rev Pro title. Um, and then his like very first feud is basically with Tanahashi, uh, where he constantly is losing to uh, Tanahashi, um, and then beats him ultimately in the New Japan Cup. Um, you know, he he has this sort of history of losing up, losing up, losing up, uh, and then eventually ultimately beating Tanahashi uh, down the line. But that first year run of him is mostly losing up to Tanahashi until he became like this hot young star in New Japan. Um, and that's very fascinating. And I, in the same breath, going back into the other end of the possibility of would we have loved to see Zack Sabre Jr. lose it to like a Suji or Shooter or anyone, uh, Uemura. Um, I wonder if like, uh, just this is me thinking out loud, if a losing up means as much if it was losing up to Tanahashi versus losing up to a Suji or a Shooter or a Uemura. You know, the win matters more for those three guys where the win in a weird way doesn't really matter as much for Tanahashi because of his status. 
Um, so the the focus is more on the the winner and less of like, oh, okay, Zack Saber Jr. lost. Maybe he can now move up. This is just me thinking out loud, but I wonder if that's part of it. Is that um, it, it makes more sense for Tanahashi to get the win here because uh, it is he's Zack Saber Jr. is more eligible, I guess, to losing up. I don't know. Sure. I mean, I think there's a couple of candidates in singles heavyweight title matches of, for losing up. So, yeah. you know, I, Zach, I think Zach's primed for a run at the top though. Like I agree at the top, top, um, very potentially with the, the belt. Right. So, yeah. um, and that's not to say someone like Shingo isn't, you know, that's sort of who I was alluding to with the other, the other option. Sure. Um, but, and, and maybe this isn't exactly the right time for Zach, but, I think he's got to be the new kind of English speaking ambassador, right? I mean, like who's left. So, and he's, and he's been built to that level too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He's, he's an absolutely plausible person to put in that role. He's got his own unit now. Like I think mm-hmm. Zach, I mean, I, I'm, I'm so intrigued by Zach's 2024 in Me new too, Japan. Yeah. Me too. I, I've said on the show before, I thought 2023 was the best year of Zack Sabre Jr.'s career. Oh, that's, without a doubt. And that, and I still think that's saying something. We know how great he is. But the fact that he was able to, I think, make waves in so many different promotions. And in many ways, he did what we've. I feel like we've become accustomed to with Osprey over the past couple of years. With, you know, going here, there, and everywhere and having a notable match. Um, I'm just hopeful that Zach does get that chance to shine because he is beyond ready to do so. Completely agree. Let's move on to the next match on the card here. That special singles match between these two young guys, Yoda Suji versus Yuya Uemura. Scotty, we'll start with you here first. Uh, what are your thoughts about the Gene Blaster versus, uh, I don't know, uh, Heat I forget his Heat what Storm. Is, Heat Storm. I was going to say Storm. Joe Hendry's best friend, but uh, go ahead, Scotty. <laughs> That's not better. Um, I think that this is a chance for two guys who obviously know each other so well to put their names on the map for new viewers, right? Uh, with, with Wrestle Kingdom comes new eyes. With Wrestle Kingdom comes an opportunity to make a statement. And I think we're all waiting for you, you and Mora to do that, right? He came back for Tag League. No offense to Tag League. He's not making a statement in Tag League. I just don't think. I don't think personally you have the freedom as much to make a statement in tag league especially when i think everyone sees him as a big time future singles wrestler this is his chance he's going against a guy who obviously has a lot of fans behind him early on in his career yoda suji stormed onto the scene with the sonata match great g1 and and then the osprey match and so on um these two have an insane history i i forget how many draws they had but it's an incredible number to it, say the it least was, it was 21 in a row yeah which <laughs> is awesome it's and awesome I, think... I mean there's nothing better that's incredible <laughs> i love that yeah and now it's a chance right you were more you were more is the one that wanted this match suji wanted nothing to do with this and that's the fun of it. Now he's going to have to show that he wants something to do with it because, again, this is his first big Wrestle Kingdom match. I love that they're facing each other because I think they're going to know that they need to, in many ways, make each other both look great. Um, who wins? That'll be interesting because I just think uh, there's going to be a lot of momentum for whoever does win and then a lot of questioning 
after that. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm favoring Uemura, actually. I feel like he should get a big win in his first big singles. Yeah, well, that's the, that's the Okada parallel. Is yeah. is Uemura getting this win at at and and I mean if you recall Uemura's send off match was against Okada and Okada gave him a a nice drop kick out the door even after the match so um, and Uemura Uemura won the last time that these two met in 2021 um, the last time they had a singles match was on the road to Dantaku Uemura was the winner so I don't know I don't know what that informs truthfully. Um, but the Okada parallel is a win here, you know, and that's not to say Suji's early era Yoshihashi. I was about to say that's <laughs> that's definitely not it. Um, <laughs> to everyone's cr- and listen, Yoshihashi, he figured it out. Just took him a little longer, yeah, right? Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I'm ho- I'm a like I said, I'm a Yuumura guy, but like Suji's been so great that I I honestly couldn't care less who wins. But yeah, that's true. I, I think if Suji wins, I'm watching him during the LIJ roll call. Yes. Um, oh, no. <laughs> if, fully agree. Fully agree. If Uemura wins, I don't think they run back. I don't think they cleanly run back like the Rainmaker shock thing. Like, I don't think that's the play. If it is, I'm thrilled. Like, I'm into that's it. Incredible. But I, I just I just don't oh. think that's I don't think the, that's the play. But the Red Storm. Something. Um, but either way, like, that, these, that's these, <laughs> these guys have wrestled in singles matches and God knows how many times in a dojo, right? Yeah. Uh, what's 25 plus 22? 47 times already. Yes. Yep. So 22 draws. Yumer's got 10 wins. Suji's got 15. Um, you know, nothing in a nothing in a spot, anything like this. So I'm thrilled that this match exists because it gave me such energy coming into these previews and talking about it and looking at all this stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I can't wait. I cannot wait for whatever this match ends up being because I honestly think it's going to be great. I fully agree. And we can't discount a draw here as well. You talked about that. No, oh, for that, sure. That 22 draw record. That was at 47% or something. Uh, something like that, yeah draw you know draw record for the two guys here uh it's fully plausible uh i you know except what's the time limit it doesn't 30 minute time limit see that's a long Uh, time that's that's longer than a g1 draw Mm. now that's too long. You don't think giving these guys thirty minutes out there in the in the Tokyo the third, ma- <laughs> third match on the card? I would I would love it, but they've only got one. They've got one fifteen minute draw on here, and that was in twenty twenty when they were doing the G one kind of suit. You know, they all the young guys were were wrestling each other in the G one twenty twenty. So the they have C-block. one. Yeah, the, I guess that was the C block that year, right? Now it would be the E block. Yeah. I was going to say <laughs> um, E for everyone else. Yeah. And everything else is about, you know, whatever, 10 minutes, nine minutes. So like I, 30 minutes is long. Um, I don't think they're doing that, that I wish they would have done a short time limit. Cause then, then it would be a play. Yeah. That's, that's certainly plausible. Or, uh, you know, they could do just a wacky double count out and ruin everything. <laughs> you never know. You never know. If he's technically guys. a draw, technically a draw. Yeah. I I'm, I'm very interested. And I think, there's not really much to like dive into preview because it's like Yuimura just came back. Suji is still fairly new here. 
at this one it's just you know the love of the game uh just the love of whatever's gonna happen we're all sort of excited and, and excited to see what's gonna come of it and what does that mean moving forward for who knows however no maybe several years like we talked about earlier um it's very it's fascinating it's one of those fascinating matches well speaking about another fascinating match Special tag match here, 30-minute time limit. Kaito Kiyomiya and Shota Umino uh, teaming up together uh, to take on the Noah Invaders, I'll call them, Ren Narita and Evil of House of Torture. Uh, Shota looking, of course, for some revenge against Ren Narita and Kiyomiya looking to defend, not really defend his home turf, but I guess invade New Japan to then defend his home turf. Of He's already course. defended his home turf before. <laughs> okay, great. Then he's, then he's, then he's doing great. Noah's then he has then he has to win and push him back even more. Uh, you're, you're acting like I pay attention to Noah uh, uh, all the time, Scotty. Uh, kind of do. <laughs> that is actually true. Uh, Chris, <laughs> talk to me. Get me out of this hole. Talk to me about this match. Yeah. Um, I was really hopeful that this match was going to be Ren Narita versus Shota Umino, but yeah. I totally understand needing to get uh, the House of Torture just as a unit on the show, which means you you sort of have to include Evil. Yeah. And and getting Kiyomiya on the show because he's a guy that they have access to. I have no idea what's happening with Keito Kiyomiya. Um, fun game to play, huh? It's it, I, it's a game I've stopped playing. Yeah, because um, he's he's a Dragon Gate champion, right? Like he yeah, is. Uh, which I watch. I I love Dragon Gate, so I actually Dragon Gate's my like watch wrestling for joy company. Um. And I was like, "Why they? He won? Like why? Like why is he? Why did he win? Um, <laughs> he won in a different company? What is this again?" Um, <laughs> but I get it. Like he's a he's a player, right? He's a guy in the kind of culture of Japanese pro wrestling. So, um, so I totally and I think that the Amino Kiyomiya thing may pay off somewhere along the line, right? So there's there's a lot of story arcs to be had here, um, and. You know, Amino and Narita, I think that's your that's your classic good versus evil, no pun intended, like good versus evil combo of of the this generation, right? Like the real bad guy now is Ren Narita because he totally jumped. And Shota Umino is your white meat baby face, you know, and, and then you've got guys like Yomura and Suji that are kind of playing the middle um, and can kind of lean one way or the other. So I think that it's it is fun that that's how they've organized these guys as they go into Wrestle Kingdom, um, you know. But I, I my bet would be Evil pins someone to make the next match happen, like yeah. some sort of special singles match happen, whether it's Kiyomiya or Amino. Honestly, uh, more fun for me if it's Amino. Sure, yeah. sure, sure, sure. And Kaito's right there to. Seemingly always take the pinfall and uh <laughs> I, I yeah, I guess. Uh Scotty, what do you think? Situation. Um, I'm very excited for this match, actually. I know some people just read evil and they roll their eyes and blah blah blah. I feel like we do this every time Chris is on here, but I'll do it again with the evil stuff. But Shoda and Ren Narita have so much um excitement behind their rivalry, I think, and and Ren has serious heat. Uh, if you watch those two year-end Corican shows, man, he was great in this heel role. Um, and these two, you know, it's all about them. It's all about Shota getting his hands on Ren, essentially. And I think he's going to be way too focused on that, that 
it's going to end with everything is evil because everything is always evil. Um, Kiyomiya, you know, I'm just happy he's on the card. Uh, he's been a big part of New Japan over the past year with the, you know, kicking Okada in the side of the head and pissing him off to no end to create one of the best rivalries of the year. And then, of course, the stuff with Oiwa, they're a great tag team, considering that it's just kind of happened, um, which, you know, very Noah-like. Things just kind of happen. Uh, it, it's crazy to have your young ace just uh, going everywhere besides your company, but I digress. Uh, but I, I'm excited to see what this match ultimately ends up being, and I think with how hungry Shota and Ren are, and and Kaito to an extent, he just he always seems hungry. He just you know doesn't have a direction that makes sense at the moment for me. Um, I think it can over deliver, and I think you're right, Chris. I think Evil probably gets the win here, probably pins Shooter. That's been part of the story. That's how we got here, right? Shooter yep. keeps getting pinned, so I think uh, that's how we do it. Maybe fights Evil, and then he finally gets that match with Narita that we all desperately want. Well, and that's the that's part of the story here too. Um, Narita's never beaten Umino in in singles. Mm. They yeah. have wrestled a bunch of times, obviously. I mean, not not nearly as much as Yumura and Suji, but um, they've got what three draws, and then everything else, Umino's the winner. So, right there's there's something there with Narita also finally getting the win because he turned evil, you know, he turned with house of torture, et cetera. So I think that's a story that someone will end up telling as, as the course of this kind of feud goes on. Yeah, uh, I agree. And it's going to be interesting. I, mean, I think uh, evil is also a, a fantastic tag team wrestler, uh, obviously having a long time tag team history, with the likes of current IWGP World Heavyweight Champion Sonata. Uh, so, you know, can he pull it together with a new guy in Ren Narita? I think that's going to be an interesting one. And yeah, it, it, I think in terms of like a booking idea, it's the sort of idea of like, you know, if if the team of Kaito and Shooter are going to pick up the win, who the heck eats that fall? The guy you just turned or the leader of the faction that was a former world champion? So, uh, it's a little bit of a fun little booking question for ourselves, but I think it could be a, can lead to a fun, more interesting match uh, in that sort of way. Uh, moving on to the next match, it is 60-minute time limit for that never-open-weight title. Uh, Shingo Takagi defending his title against Tama Tonga. Uh, Chris, talk to us about this match. Um... <laughs> Great. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, are you jazzed about it? I mean, I'm always jazzed to see a Shingo Takagi singles match in a big in a big building. And what uh, a, 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 a Tonga singles match in a big building. Tonga is a really capable, good wrestler. Um, Very political answer, but I, I mean, understand. he is. That's there's. I mean, that's pretty objective. No, no, I no, I get what you're saying. Um, I agree. I I just don't get it. Like, how did we get here? That's like a, yeah. I've done like columns that I title, like, how did we get here? The story of Kazuchika Okada and Hiroshi Tanahashi. If I was like, how did we get here? The story of Shingo Takagi versus Tamatanga, it would just be an article that says IDK. Like, <laughs> I, like I don't, I just don't know how we got here. And, and it yeah. doesn't make any damn sense. Um, but I, I hope it makes sense by the end of the match or maybe by the end of the show. Um, you know, like, there, and there's really kind of two matches on this card that were potentially affected by this match. 
existing and it's it's obviously this match and then the tag match because i had kind of flagged shingo and suji as the world tag league winners yeah um so i again why <laughs> but i and i'm just hopeful that it's that it's that there's something right something yeah happens something appears something goes down that gives me that like oh and like honestly like new japan almost always pays that off so i'm trying not to bury this any deeper than i buried the carl anderson never open weight championship match last year but um i you know i just i'm i'm very curious about this match and if nothing comes out of it i'm gonna like i'm just gonna be, i'm gonna be the john travolta meme that's like <laughs> what what is what 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 is happening with the never championship well, maybe the thing that comes out of it is uh, Carl Anderson returning a year after his last New Japan. Honestly, I'm here for it. <laughs> First All Japan, now New Japan. Okay? Bright lights, baby. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, oh, this is no. a, an interesting one. Uh, <laughs> Scotty knows this on the podcast. I have an interesting relationship about Tamatanga, where sometimes... No, um, there's nothing I'm interesting. You just I'm, don't like it. I, so, well, sometimes I'm, I'm I don't like him. Sometimes when weirdly he's facing that's true. Him and evil, you love. That's I actually true. I really love the combination of him and evil, and that's like two negatives turning to a positive. Really, I love that Tamatanga walked into the back room of the Madison Square Garden show and like yeeted the <laughs> ROH tag title and said, "No one gives a fuck about no ROH." Like I think that's the funniest thing anyone's ever done in pro wrestling. Like I, I love that so much, and I all I so badly want someone to do that in like AEW with the ROH tag title situation right now. Like to just like like walk up to it, like FTR, right? Like they walk up to it yeah. and they they take the ROH tag title and they say, "You've ruined this," and no one gives a fuck about no ROH and just yeet it against the wall again. Mm -hmm. Um, that's the best thing Tom Tong has ever done. I mean, uh, you know, among other among starting Bullet Club and things like that, but. God, man, that was such a moment for me. Because I was like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's fully right in that moment. That's what's great about it. Oh, God. Uh, what was that? Because that was uh, because of Enzo, right? Mm -hmm. Enzo and Big Cass kind of sh still unsure. I guess. Other, right. Either that or it was just him being like, yeah, I guess I'm the champ here. That's true. Uh, well, <laughs> guess what? isn't that what Ishii said about when he uh, was the TV champion? He was just like, I don't know what this is. Uh, about the title <laughs> yeah that was pretty much it yeah um scotty we immediately stopped talking about the match but do you have any thoughts about tamatanga versus uh shingo takagi here is tama gonna just, win it back from shingo i just want the never open way title to return to its former glory that's all i want that's all i need and like i i i don't know what needs to happen to get there but I miss, you know, the big beefy guys just running into each other <laughs> and having incredible matches. I miss the Shibata Ishii matches and Goto and all those things. And I feel like Shingo's the guy to bring that back, right? That's that's Shingo all up and down. And you would I want you would Shingo. think. You would think. Yeah. And I obviously I want Shingo higher up the card. I always want Shingo higher up the card. Right. But if this is his role right now, this is better than being in the Rambo. I'll tell you that right now. That that's was, true right like that's where he was last year i would love to see him take this title and 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 keep bringing it back to where it was that's not a and that's not a this is a shot at carl anderson he ruined it for good that jerk 
Um, also, yeah. uh, it was sort of in this J- floundering J- J- spot. Jay White was also in America with it, but that's, yeah, that's it's had a it's bridge. had a rough run here. The Never it Openweight has. Championship, and and you know what? It's probably gonna get worse. Oh, oh good. Oh, well, nice. That's well. That's I mean, terrible. So the, that's not good. How can it get never, worse? <laughs> the Never Openweight Championship has been defended in the Tokyo Dome nine times. And it has changed hands seven times. Oh, so that is not. But one of the two people to ever retain it was Shingo Takagi. All so, right. so oh. again, creating that doubt. It's around. Mm. The, the last time Shingo defended, he then went on to have that incredible match with Hiroshi Tanahashi right that's after. True. So that ruled. Yeah. yeah. So if if that's if that's the shining light that I can look forward, it doesn't have to be Tanahashi, but maybe, if it can maybe, be someone but, like that. Maybe we could just get a tour of Tanahashi challenging for all the titles as the president. Ooh, that's, that sounds fun. He did say he wants fun. the world title. That's a good yeah. idea. Mm-hmm. I'm going to send that one in. <laughs> send it to the president. You might know a guy. I'm going to put that. <laughs> I, I'm going to put that on Twitter so Hiroki Goto sees it and sends it to someone who can speak Japanese. Tanahashi <laughs> <laughs> has a big like suggestion box outside office. <laughs> And then Goto Tanahashi, just tweet just, into it. Yeah, just print. He actually prints the tweet <laughs> and just puts it in there. <laughs> ah, so nice of Goto to do that for you. He, he uh, might. Uh, well, let's quickly move on uh, and talk about the IWGP Tag Team and Strong Openweight Tag Team Title Match here with hey, the. You know what this is? A rematch, just like the last match. Just well, like a lot of the matches. I was gonna say, just yeah, like most yeah. of the card, if I'm not mistaken. But that's besides the point. Well, what we're talking about now is different for me. That's is the Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto, uh, uh, the IWGP Tag Team Champions here, defending their titles and possibly requiring new titles against these strong openweight tag team champions, El Fantasmo and Hikaleo. Um, Scotty, let's talk to you first about this match. Uh, how do you feel about going into this sort of um, this tag team warfare, this tight, all titles on the line? What do you think about this match? I have big questions regarding the strong belts moving forward. And this certainly, this certainly adds more to that. Um, we, we, I'm not sure what's happening to the strong open weight. Okay. I like this triple crown thing has confused the hell out of me. I don't know what that means. I don't know if Eddie Kingston or John Moxley are holding all three of them. This was recorded before that show. So I'm just letting everyone know. Oh yeah. Um, that's like tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So I don't, oh, I don't know what am I doing with my life. I don't know if that title's just disappearing into the triple crown. I don't get it. I don't um, think that's what's happening. I don't want to go too far into that, but I think it's more like a J crown sitch. where like, that's yeah. my assumption. Yeah. Also Eddie Kingston's probably winning. I'm yeah, going to sound like a dope so. if he doesn't now though, <laughs> <laughs> which that is why true. they didn't really need to explain away any of that stuff is because like, he's just, and they were calling it the continental crown on dynamite. They weren't yeah. calling it the triple crown anymore. They like they, rebranded. They, they gave it official name. Yeah. Man. And it's my, in my opinion, it should be a crown. Like kind of like it might maybe for it the looks, King, Eddie Kingston. Maybe it looks a lot like the new Japan cup, you know, mm trophy but just as a crown i'd be in i'd be way into that way more than this confusing situation yeah uh but back to the tag match i'm very confused so like is this title are these are these titles just going to combine long term i don't know it's for both it's for both titles separately 
which is not the first time that we've done this with these particular titles. Yeah, yeah. which I thought they were going to combine back then as well. And mm-hmm. now we're doing it again. Um, but this is going to be a continuation of that 40-minute slugfest from World Tag League Final, right? That That's all it is. And they're not going to go 40 minutes this time. I just, there's no way. There's no way that's happening. And I, I'm going to be interested to see how it changes up. I I wouldn't be shocked if we saw new champions. It's kind of part of the theme with these belts, right, kind Chris? Oh, yes. Yes, you knew that. 11 in a row. 11 oh. times <laughs> the IWGP tag team titles have been defended at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, and, and 11 straight times have changed hands. And uh, what is that? 12 out of 13. So, um, but Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi have won the last two times. All right. So like, you know, so, and, and those are the only two times that they've challenged for the titles at the dome. So if anyone's going to break the streak, it's going to be someone extending a different streak. So (laughs) I, maybe, maybe they win. And, you know, I mean, I I could go for a run with ELP and Hikaleo as the tag champs too, but I, I honestly think I mean Goto and Yoshihashi are so good yeah. that it's it is it's hard for me to take the top belts off of them without really something a little bit something with a little bit more meat on the bones than ELP and Hikaleo right now. Um mm-hmm. as much as I love honestly both those dudes uh in the role that they're in. Yeah. So it's it, I, I, I am intrigued by that at least. They've they've made the most out of the oddball pairing that they they were at the first. Right now now they work like a team, but I remember when they first became like a duo, I was like this this is weird. Uh but they they've done a great job. Maybe you know, maybe Bishamon wins and you know, you have the war dogs waiting in the wings, obviously. They they got so close. You have TMDK, um the dream team, right? Get the Tanahashi tag title match next. I know we were, you know, we're pitching all these Tanahashi matches. Um, and I, you got, I you got that it. match from last year. So I think, uh, I think, Do I think there's think... a lot of possibilities with Bishamon. Not to add more fuel to the Bishamon fire, but uh, there's also that report via, I believe it was WrestleIn, uh, with El Fantasma talking about his potential contract status within New Japan, potentially coming up. I believe he then talked about Fightful, about how it may be coming up, hinting at the idea of it coming up at the end of January. Um, so not to add more fuel to the Bishamon fire, of the titles and everything, um, uh, but, you know, there's contract discussions as well here. If if they are going to win the titles, then, all right, we're putting on titles or onto people that, may or may not be here for much longer. If we're going to put the titles on a uh, Bishimon, then maybe that's saying something about El Fantasma and his future in this company. I think that's uh, a, a weird other dynamic of this whole match. Um, I don't know what it'll be. I guess we'll find out what that will be or what that could mean. It's also El Fantasma. So who knows with what he's saying online and what he's saying to reporters, but, uh, but I think it's just another sort of wrench in this whole match uh, and seeing uh, if we're getting unifications of titles, contract talks, uh, records upon records of history uh, playing into it. It's going to be, a, it's going to be, I don't know, historic in some way, I guess. Well, let me just kind of throw something else out there. 
Please, let's add it to the pile. Everyone's contract's up at the end of January. I know, I That's know. That's how Japanese pro wrestling works. Like, they're all up soon, at least. So, who knows? Maybe Yoshihashi's making the jump. <gasps> Yoshihashi, the WWE confirmed? Yeah, right. Aggregate this, baby. Aggregate <laughs> <laughs> this, baby. Come at us. <laughs> no, I mean, I. you know, you never hear about it with the Japanese guys because they, they're typically just loyal and they're going to, they want to live in Japan, right? But... Yeah, everyone everyone gets a new deal almost every year in Japan. Most most guys are on one year deals, and they just they, it is sort of this guaranteed rolling contract, but you do have to negotiate that. So and you a know, bunch of people work there without a contract. Absolutely, do you work there on a per date, or you work there because you trust that you're going to work it out, or you work there on a handshake? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's not to say that it's not fair game for guys like Hikaleo or El Fantasma to go out and talk about the contract status, but it's it's common that that's when they're up, but you know, someone like El Fantasma has different options too. So yeah, yeah, I I don't think he's lying by any means, but I do think, you know, omitting that most people have a contract that comes up and kind of have a standing offer. Oftentimes, at least that's my understanding. I've never negotiated a contract with new Japan. So yeah, I I would, if someone wants to call, I bring it up because (laughs) El Fantasma has obviously brought it up. So yes, it's relevant to this case. Scotty. Absolutely. I would like to just kind of throw this curveball at Chris. Maybe is there anyone on the scene in wrestling? You know, with all with a lot of you know, a couple guys leaving New Japan, um, potentially. You know, we're talking about all these contracts coming up. We know Osprey's leaving. Is there anyone out there that just like you would like to see jump into the New Japan waters in this new year? Because there should be new people. We saw Cal Newman, right? And Cal right. Newman's starting to really. Uh, find his way you see that ishii match folks like yep he's getting there quickly you know yep so um i'd like to see more mike bailey in new japan yeah and and maybe not even just as a junior right i mean Mm -hmm. i think you could you could sell him as a as a heavy um so like he's sort of the guy on on my radar right now that i think would be the coolest to really commit right yeah um and spend a lot of time there and and really you know, do some, do some real work to, to get himself, you know, up that level. I think a guy like Alex Zane is up there too. Um, really kind of an interesting, he's obviously, he's got the fan base over there already. I know he's kind of, he's doing all this work with Lance Archer, mostly when he's over in Japan, but I think he's got a run in him as a heavy, again, a heavyweight singles. He had a good best super juniors a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, guys like Blake Christian and guys that just don't necessarily have a home, you know, I, I always like to remind people that like New Japan's not a developmental for American major pro wrestling, but it is a great place for someone who wants to treat it that way. And yeah. that's, you know what, if you're going to be there for a couple of years and be able to put together some some true story arcs and, and really get the fan base behind you, I think anyone's going to be into that. And I think that that is also just sort of the nature of New Japan. Um, yeah. Guys don't stay, uh, you know, English speaking, you know, whatever Westerners, however you want to call them. They just they don't stick around forever. Um, you know, you're 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 blessed to get six, eight years from a guy like Kenny Omega or a guy like Will Ospreay. And, mm-hmm. you know, I there's no way those guys are the wrestlers that they are today if they didn't spend all that time in, in New Japan. And I think, you know, who's behind that then? Is it Mike Bailey? Like some of these guys want to work that many matches and have that time and not be cut by commercial breaks and not have to do a dive to the outside because you need to go to picture in picture, right? Like some of these guys want to do 
the pro wrestling thing for now. And then you go and you do the TV wrestling thing. And then you get to have some great pay-per-view matches if you sign with AEW and you get to make a big paycheck if you sign with WWE. Like, I think, but yeah, those are those are kind of the guys. And and that's mm-hmm. kind of my my little soapbox about like guys leave sometimes and it doesn't mean the end of New Japan. Like it never has and it probably never will. Right, for sure. absolutely. Um, yeah, if you can get some a guy for six to eight years, you take those blessings. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you're you're better off depending on them for like three and then just hoping you get a little bit more. Mm-hmm. even a guy like cal newman like if you've got him for the next three years you're going to see his entire rise and that's cool yeah i mean yeah we we you know scotty knows this for the closest it probably out of anybody but like we saw that just then with uh just this past year of mariah may and uh Star sure coming in wrestling 99 matches and then signing a nice little contract with aew you know not only getting a better wrestler but yeah sure well, she she did an interview. What she was talking to she was yeah. talking to Jericho, right? And she was like, "I'm now I'm a TV yeah. character." I was yeah. like, yeah. "I was like, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, you yeah. know." She's absolutely right. Like, she's well, right. well played, I guess. As long as and it's you know, Jericho was so impressed that she said that, and I was like, "Man, I saw that from a mile away. That's brilliant." <laughs> yeah, yeah, she she understands what she needs to do to like elevate herself, and you know, obviously, you know, people in Western uh, wrestlers can do the same in New Japan, like you sort of talked about, Chris. Yeah, uh, how you can go to New Japan and elevate not just your wrestling ability, but also your stock on a sort of worldwide level, uh, yeah. which is always fascinating to see. Uh, let's talk about the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Title Match between Hiromu Takahashi and El Desperado. Obviously, long-standing rivalry between these two. Um, uh, I'm fascinated, Chris. How much uh, can you talk about sort of their rivalry in, in a statistical uh, statistical terms? I mean, I I had to kind of trim it down a little bit when I was pulling together because I it goes so far back, and there's so many matches um, with. Before El Desperado was El Desperado, before Hiromu came back from. So what I'm looking at is really since Hiromu came back from Excursion and since El Desperado became El Desperado. And mm-hmm. in that time frame, that's really since 2018, they're 4-4-1 and one against each other. So they've had and that, that includes um, three and four way matches, too. So it's like okay. any kind of singles match. Um, so they're they're essentially even. And that actually sort of surprised me when i saw it on paper or you know digitally like i was like oh i feel like hiromu has dominated this entire yeah you know this entire run against each other but eldest prado has had a good a pretty good run here so um you know this this match i i i think the story is that hiromu has beaten um the other two wrestlers from last year's four-way and yep. he has not, he has yet to beat El Desperado um, since then. Yeah. So that's the story that I I think they haven't told. Um, I I mean, I think it's probably out there. This there's no there's no way around it. This match is gonna roll. Um yeah. but but it's the match that I keep forgetting about because I can't pinpoint the moment where I realized it was happening, except like yeah. like it was a post-match yeah. promo thing. Like it wasn't, it didn't have any like build to it. Um, mm-hmm. But that's not to say I'm opposed. Cause I love these, when these two mix it up. Um, I just wish, I wish they would have gotten there in a way that was, I guess a little more traditional. Yeah. You're, He's you're been out too, right? Didn't Desperado get surgery? Of some sort. I remember, but I thought for sure possible. he 
got surgery. It uh, might have been during a, a a tour or something that it became unnoticeable or something. Um, yeah, no, it, you're, I I completely agree with you. Is that like this match? Eye surgery in November. Sorry, good thing. Yeah. Oh well, that's recent. Um, mm-hmm. that that could play a factor. Who knows? Uh, we might see that play a factor some in some way. Um, yeah, it, it's a match that like despite like a very historic rivalry and despite very historic moments in wrestling. It feels weirdly cold, and it's hard to sort of pinpoint exactly where it is. Maybe it is like the story, the storyline that is happening is not completely out there, or obvious what it is. I, I think you bring up the Fatal Four Way is probably what the story is or what it should be, but it's it's not. It doesn't seem like it's completely uh, relevant or obvious to to to. I don't know me. I guess um, maybe it's. You know, Despi and Hiroma's year. I think Hiroma had a maybe a, 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 for me personally, he had an okay first half of the year. Obviously, more people enjoyed it than me. And then the second half was it felt quieter. Um, and Despi also felt like he had a very quiet year in 2023. Scotty, what do you think? What do you have any sort of reasons about why this match just sort of feels cold despite the how heated this rivalry has been? Uh, it hasn't. Hiromu hasn't I feel like he hasn't had much focus the past couple months in New Japan. Not you know, because he's doing everything else, right? He's went to Michinoku Pro, DDT, like he is doing all these different things. And I feel like in an odd way, New Japan has kind of been like the other thing he's doing, despite being a champion. And it doesn't help that I think you both are right. Like there's no there wasn't a way to heat this up. It's not like they were wrestling on a tour or it was just a post-match segment where they're just like, yeah, let's go. And I remember uh, before that happened, I was expecting a multi-man match again for the belt. It just felt natural. Uh, but I'm happy even so that they're going for the singles belt. The, the way I look at this match is Desperado. I think he's the best junior in the world. I do. I think his work over the past year has been about building to this moment. He got to do all the things he wanted to do, right? He got to wrestle with Jun Kasai and team with him and face John Moxley in a crazy death match. And he got twice. to go twice. That's right. That's right. And do all these different things. But now it feels like it's his time to be champion again. I think it's been his time to be champion again you know Haromo had this year-long reign he really wanted that tokyo sports mvp sad for him that he didn't get it i was rooting for him um but i feel like this is all about desperado getting to be back on top now if if Haromo wins there's always the opportunity of you know maybe master wado coming back around because obviously he had that great showing at dominion i think some are, have argued since then that maybe he should have won even uh, just because of how hot he got through that tournament. Um, there's also the potential of like a Teton challenge I would love to see or things like that, just because I think L- inner LIJ would be pretty cool. Um, but I think Desperado should get the belt um, and then kind of set up best of super juniors, create a little doubt, right? Obviously people will instantly think Haromo is going to win that then. Uh, but I think the junior division you, you you know Ryan, we said this last year. Last year's tag, uh, not tag league, jeez. Uh, best of Super Juniors was to build to this year's. Yeah, right. So mm-hmm. many more people are now proven. So many more people are now established that I think this is going to be an even better 
super, uh, best of super juniors that I'm very much looking forward to. And I think uh, whether it's Desperado or Hiromu as champion, it's going to be great, but I'm hoping it's Desperado's time. Um, Desperado is the last person to retain a title at the Tokyo Dome, the, the junior title. And that was against Hiromu. So, um, what year was that? That was 22. I mean, that, that wasn't, that was two years ago. Sure. So, um, which was a good match and just a part of their story though. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't the highlight match. That was the super junior final in what was that? 2020. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the problem with Desperado winning is that you got to get the Hiromu Naito anniversary match. Oh uh, yeah. I like you got to, right? Like it's got to yeah. happen. And I right. honestly, it wouldn't, I, they don't always do junior champ versus heavy champ. Like last year it was yeah. Bishamon versus um, Tanahashi and Okada dream team. Yeah. Which was great. Um, so I guess maybe you just say, well, we're still doing Hiromu. <laughs> like, but that's my, right. that's my only pause for saying, yeah, this should be Desperado's crown. Uh, and honestly, like that doesn't really take me out of still believing that that's probably the right decision to make for this title. Um, yeah. but I think if you're, or, and, and anniversary is not till March 6th. So somehow you get some sort of rematch. I don't know. Um, but that's, that's the thing that's keeping me from really digging my heels in and saying, no, Desperado needs to win this. That's probably fair. That's probably fair. <laughs> and, and, you know, maybe, um, well, is the anniversary match, uh, was it formally announced as having new Japan cut matches as well? I saw you tweeting about no, that. It's it has, not happened, it, right? it is not, but they never do. Um, but this year, new Japan cup is actually starting like after the anniversary match or anniversary oh. card and usually it's like you've got it the scheduling's been so bad the past couple of years so it's almost like someone who knows nothing about wrestling was booking the rooms um <laughs> so this year at least new japan cup starts truly like the new japan cup tour actually starts after anniversary but i'd be kind of surprised if they didn't put some cup matches on the anniversary show because it is like the day before it's not like the day before mm-hmm. it is the day before so if they kick off the new japan cup that day then yeah my bet would be you'd see three or four first round matches on that on that show and then you know some sort of special tag match and a and a main event that's probably the heavy versus junior thing yeah because I, I was gonna say like uh if you have the new japan cup that will sort of help probably sell some tickets but if you don't sure and hey let's do a world title uh match sort of well not world title match but a, a world title versus iwgp junior title yeah in uh, event slot well that is that's the classic thing that's yeah. that's the most common thing they do on the anniversary show so yeah. i and i you know i love a tradition so i would love for that to get back to that it, it's kind of okay with me if that's el desperado it's not okay with a lot of lij fans right <laughs> so you know, part of me feels like this whole Naito run is going to be, you know, going back and doing what they wanted to do in 2020. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, honestly, I'm OK with that, too, because you love to you love to see a story get finished. Mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. heard. I've heard <laughs> at least <laughs> rumors have it. rumors have it. People like when the story gets, you know, reaches its end. Um, well, let's talk about the IWGP, the new IWGP 
global heavyweight championship, not to be confused with a GHC title. Uh, a the matches on this show. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, this is we're on third to last. Strap in, folks. IWGP GHC title. Uh, is, Wrestle Kingdom. Of course, there's a lot of matches. All the Kingdom. all the matches are on Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. It's not like I'm happy. Like, uh, it's this way. It's not like reviewing that sort of that uh, Takamichinoku proto show. The, the 58 match show. <laughs> when I saw, I okay, this is a side tangent. I saw the like brackets for that for yeah. that tournament that he booked, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I was like, it's in one day. Took <laughs> me like, a second. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Those are the stats I need from you. Uh, I, you why? Know, <laughs> I'll cover Michinoku Pro, sure. I hate to see how long that video file is. Um, All right. uh, Let's talk about the IWGP global heavyweight title being inaugurally created, uh, crowned uh, by, uh, that's not a phrase, in this three-way, Will Ospreay uh, versus John Moxley versus the leader of Bullet Club War Dogs, whatever sort of weird faction dynamics are happening now, leader of the Bullet Club, David Finley. Uh, We've sort of mentioned this before on the show, my thoughts about, this sort of weird dynamic. Obviously, you have Osprey on his way out. Moxley coming in as AEW, maybe also coming in as the now minted Continental, uh, cha- not Continental Crown champion person. Uh, and then you have uh, nice old David Finley, uh, leader of the War Dogs, in there as well. Uh, it's an interesting dynamic, um, and one that. I don't know. Whoever wins this is going to be interesting to see how it moves forward. Um, Scotty, we'll start with you. Actually, no, we'll start with Chris. Scotty, we've already kind of talked about it previously. Scott, Chris, uh, what do you think about this three-way for the new global heavyweight title? I'm so curious about it. Like, how mm. how did we get here again? Like, that's again the question <laughs> I have. Why is John Moxley here? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love totally one of my favorite wrestlers. Like, I, I, what a guy, right? But like, yeah. how? Why? <laughs> um, and as I, but as I was talking to someone else earlier today, I kind of had this aha moment where I was like, maybe Moxley's there to play some sort of role in the Danielson Okada match, and they were like, well, we're gonna have him. We should put him in a match. <laughs> Yeah, like, sure. and there's not a lot of undercard tags or anything happening. So, I mean, it's a, it's a, this is a all business card. Yeah. So, I like that's the question I have more about because I think the real the match that they probably really I think the match that I anticipated was David Finley versus Will Osprey if it wasn't going to be uh, Umino. Um. Huh. Because Finley is the last box to check on Osprey's goodbye tour to give him like one great match on the way out, mm-hmm. you know. And we yeah, have a lot of good, solid, small little history of uh, some great. Yeah, matches. exactly. And they, you know, uh, you know, I think to my knowledge and and from what I can tell behind the scenes, they're pals, right? So and and Osprey's done that for all the people on his way out, you know, starting with really, I guess, kind of the spring of last year with Tai Chi and, you know, some of these other guys, like he's really, he's, he's taken a lot of great moments to give some people their kind of match of their life. And Finley's the only one that kind of didn't get that box checked. So that was sort of, you know, he's the last guy that I recognize that, you know, is pals with Will that, or at least my perception is, I don't know that no one's ever told me that, but, um, 
that he's the last guy to to get that kind of rub. And so that's why I was intrigued by John Moxley getting kind of wedged into this match. So um now Moxley Moxley is an enhancement to any pro wrestling match you put him in. So I'm not complaining about it. And I don't I don't really take any issue with this being a three way either because you know it's the only one on the card that's kind of this multi person or extra person match. So no issue with that. But I you know the the chalk pick is to say well David Finley's the company guy so he's gonna win. Quite but, literally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, we know we've got at least one more date of Osprey, and that's with Okada. Yeah. He's already he's already challenging Okada for Battle in the Valley. And if they want to make this title something really special, yep. you th- I think you throw you throw the belt to Osprey and you have him defend against Okada. And I don't then I'm then it's a toss-up. Yeah. Does Okada win a belt that's not the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship? Or do you double swerve and Will wins again? I, you know, mm-hmm. or does John Moxley just win this thing and they put it on ice for a little while? Or you know, may, they probably already know if they had some more dates. I think John wants to work New Japan more. Yeah. Um. But the you know the rigors of of working for AEW, it's really challenging to create that space. Yeah. Uh. I'm trying to, uh, if I recall correctly, uh, this match was created prior to new uh, will osprey signing a contract with aew prior to the announcement of his signing contract i have no idea when that actually happened yes that's fair that's fair but i believe at the very least uh the match announcement was post osprey looking or at least that announcement of looking i'm trying to remember the timeline of it all yeah i don't i don't recall i yeah the time it it, all that happened sort of in the same time frame yeah if I yeah. recall, I bring that up only because maybe that's part of this triple threatness. Is that mm. sort of maybe it's a relic of, well, we don't have this guy, so maybe we put someone in here that uh, you know, you know, we don't want to upset him, or you know, we, we don't want him to lose on his way out, or I don't know. You, who knows? Oh, I'm certain there's some sort of politic happening. Of course, you know, I don't, but I don't know. I wouldn't what it is. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, like with this group of guys, also like Moxley loves work in Japan, and he's mm-hmm. there as frequently as he can be. Uh, Finley works there, and I don't think Osprey's going to burn a bridge. He loves. I mean, he's he been real. He's been really clear that he has enjoyed his time in New Japan, and he gives them a lot of credit for his growth. So, yeah, you know, any any one of these guys could make a case for the favorite. Yeah uh scotty what do you think uh we obviously talked about it before uh what do you think about this match now that we're closer to it i think there's a lot of intrigue of creating this new title's prestige via osprey to okada i think there's a lot of interest for me in that because remember when i i just remember when it was now of the global title and people were like isn't isn't in that world um and you know maybe that confuses okada enough to actually want it um you never know uh (laughs) but in all seriousness i i do think that there is no certain winner in this match you know like i know some people going oh david finley's gonna win he's a company guy i don't i just don't see that being a lock now would it make sense to have david finley win it since he's the guy that's in the company moving forward yeah it sure would but, but Will Osprey's around a little bit longer. We know he's going to be around for the new beginning uh, shows as well. So, 
maybe we can make it that far with him as global champion. Um, and then like, and like Chris said, John Moxley is the wild card of all wild cards. If he had the choice, he'd be at every new Japan major show. I'm pretty sure, honestly, because that's just what he loves to do. He loves to wrestle. But when you are the ace of the world for AEW, you have to wrestle on every show that they have. So it's tough. It's tough. But uh, if my gut is saying Will Ospreay wins, I don't know. I don't know. I just think that battle in the Valley match doesn't need the title. But if you want to put the emphasis on what this title is all about, right? It's the title that travels around the world and brings the fight to other places. That's as good as it gets. Doesn't get better than Osprey and Okada at Battle in the Valley for the IWGP global title. My one thing about this belt, I just want it to look good. I just want, <laughs> I just want it to look good. Oh, I, I wonder what color it's going to be. I think that's that's the, that's the real question, right? Do they go white? <laughs> do they do they really hat tip back and go white strap? Yeah, yeah. because we got orange, we got red, we got blue. Uh, white is purple. available. Purple? purple, purple out there. The strong woman's title. Oh, that's yeah. purple. It's sort of purple. That's a new Japan know, a weird, title. It's kind of a weird purple. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would like it to go back to the white strap. It could. I mean, they could just do red again. They could do green and really lean into the global heavyweight championship of it all. Green uh, would also oh. look red to me as a colorblind man. So, oh, interesting. Let, let's do Chris it. Wins either way. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think the 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 thing that would put it into that. I mean, just immediately if once you see the belt, the thing that would put it kind of into that space is if they go white. They go with the white strap. Yeah. Because yeah. like yeah. that immediately people will tie it back to the Nakamura intercontinental reign and maybe Okada wants the Okada global reign. Yeah. And you know, that's, it's an easy way to get to it. Counterpoint though, you could just book John Moxley for battle in the Valley. Like that's not a tough trip for him to make on that show. Uh, Not to my knowledge, but I, Uh, I don't keep up until they start announcing matches. Truthfully. That's That's fair. So Um, yeah, this one, it's, this one's probably the most up in the air to me. Yeah, I've I've always been in the the sort of David Finley boat. Um, I am unsure about the Moxley of it all, and obviously, if he wins the if Moxley wins the um, the triple uh, American Triple Crown title at World's End, obviously, we're recording and publishing this. Uh, we're publishing it after uh, World's End. Recording this prior to World's End. Um, if he wins that, I fully don't believe he's winning this title. That sure. would just be more confusing on top of everything. Um, uh, if you know Osprey leaving, I love I love the idea of Osprey winning the title and maybe like either retaining it or defending it and losing it or whatever uh, to Okada at Battle of the Valley. But I'm just unsure if how like I, to me that sounds like a dream situation. Mm-hmm. And I'm unsure if that is what's going to happen. And sure. time to and, dream, baby. <laughs> and I think if you, you know, uh, Okada Shorts, uh, our New Japan podcast in the Count Out Podcast Network umbrella, um, they had a great podcast episode at one point. And we we clipped it as well. Where they talked about how what New Japan really needs is like a great villain and like a really well established villain. And it doesn't quite feel like there is one. 
And they, uh, at the time, I think maybe even before the trip, this triple threat was announced, they proposed the idea of like, we really need to find a way to really establish David Finley as the big bad villain of New Japan. It, he, he, his, since he came in and since all, all of his matches and everything, it hasn't quite nailed it. Maybe this is the spot. Maybe it is Osprey finally sort of checking that box and putting him over in a great match. Maybe it's him getting crowned as the inaugural global heavyweight champion for New Japan. He, I've always been the boat of he needs something more than Jay White's wardrobe. Uh, he he needs something. You know, he needs something new than a new look uh, of and and black beard dye. He needs something new. And I think a great match with two fantastic wrestlers and an inaugural champion holder, crown holder, whatever, is the thing that could helpfully get him there. Um, and that that's kind of where I'm at. If I would love to see David Finley get somewhere, um, and I think he just needs that next gear. And hopefully winning this match, in my opinion, can help him get in there. But who even knows if he's going to win? I would love Osprey too. But who, so who even knows? Who even knows if he's going to win it here? Let's move on to that next match. Of course, it's going to be another special singles match between Kazuchika Okada and Brian Danielson. Um, of course, they're repeating their match from Forbidden Door earlier this year, where during said match, Brian Danielson broke his forearm. I forget which arm it was, but forearm in the match. He's wrestled the entire Continental Classic with a quote-unquote hurt uh, retina, injured retina, I believe it was. Broken orbital bone. <laughs> I was close enough. Uh, broken orbital, orbital bone. Uh, and now he's going into this match, a damaged man looking for revenge, looking to uh, break the arm of Okada. Uh, so he's unable to use the Rainmaker. Um, Chris, how do you feel about... How, I know you have strong <laughs> opinions. How do you feel about this this match between the American Dragon and the Rainmaker. I just I just know that it's going to be better than the Forbidden Door match because I was so I was so, you know, dejected by that match. <laughs> um Yeah, and I don't want to I don't want to go too deep in that. I already sort of said my piece at the beginning of the the show a little bit. Um sure. you know, pretty much the first thing I said, but the uh, floor is yours. Yeah, you. but Rants I mean, are allowed on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. These these guys are two of the best in the world, though. I mean, I I can't take that away from them. And I know, like, I know that they they had a rough rough go. They couldn't do what they wanted to do with the match of Forbidden Door. Like, I I'm a wholeheartedly aware of that. That doesn't change that that match uh, bummed me out. Like, that's what it comes yeah. down to. Like, great wrestling is energizing, and when you expect to get great wrestling and you've already gotten a ton of great wrestling on that forbidden door card. Yeah. And then it fall, it, it doesn't stick the finish. It's so deflating. Yeah. Um, and you know, I don't know what that says about me and my emotions, but damn it, they're real. They're mine. That's our, they're all I've got. So, you know, I, I hope that they, and I know I, I have great confidence that they know that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I also like, there's a part of me that doesn't think this match was on the table until that arm broke. You know, Okada was messing around with the young guys. Okada was being grumpy old man Okada. And then this match happened. And then the G1. And they haven't gone back to Okada with the with the kids. You know? So 
it's almost like they were like, damn it. Now we got to do it at the dome because where else? Right. There's no yeah. other place to do it. If you're doing it in, in Japan, there's no other place to do it. Um, so I don't know. I mean, that's my that's my headcanon, at least, is that they weren't going to go back to this this quickly. But they 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 have so both these guys have so much pride that they needed it. So they were like, you know, what? we're just going to do that. And I'm glad they are. I'm glad they are. And I, you know, I think last year at Wrestle Kingdom, Osprey and Omega, it carried a lot of weight. It, 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 it held a lot of the, you know, Western fan base attention and that it's what got a lot of attention on it. And, you know, this match being a rematch, it's not going to quite do the same. I don't think. And I don't, I don't sense the buzz is quite as high, but Danielson cut a hell of a promo in his, in his interview series video. Um, and Okada is Okada. I mean, like these guys are going to go out there and Okada in the Tokyo Dome. Has he failed? <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't think so. Even last year, even last year against Jay White following. Um, Brian loves that match. I love that match, too. <laughs> like, I don't I, I I know that objectively the Osprey and Omega match was better and it drained me <laughs> as I was watching it. But when I and. and and honestly, like it drained me like emotionally and, and it just, it was, it, it gave me that feeling. Right. Yeah. And restore the you feeling know, hashtag. And then, you know, in the, in the chats and discords or wherever I was paying attention to that show, like no one was, everyone was just talking about the Osprey Omega match throughout the entire Jay White Okada match. So like the next day I went back and watched the Jay White Okada match, like in a vacuum. And I yeah. was like, this fucking rules like <laughs> and it you know and but i'm a jay white main event guy i love jay white main events like his the 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 long match against abushi in the dome is one of yes. my favorite matches love it so like chris you named my i think it was last year the jay white was ago. it last year two years ago that was my the one with abushi yes that was my match yeah. at that point and then Mine too. Current, currently if I, this might shock you currently Okada White is my match of the year. Really? Yeah. Okay. I don't love it that much, but I loved it. I thought it was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My match of the year There's is a lot of great matches this year. Yeah, right. My match of the year is um Osprey Naito from the G1 semis. Ooh. Because I just I love how the and and it's the counterpoint to why I hate the Danielson Okada match because you know Osprey and, and Naito had to pivot at the end yeah. of that match and they yeah. they handled it with grace yeah um actually i mean osprey truly osprey I mean, did we we heard it right <laughs> like we heard it yeah. all happen and i just i thought that was incredible so um yeah and and that's sort of my counterpoint is this like i also saw that match happen and that match yeah. ended in a way that i thought was incredible mm -hmm. and then i saw the danielson you know okada situation and it, it ended in a way that was deflating and you know, mm -hmm. I have no doubt these guys are going to win my heart back um, yeah. it, with this match. And But my hope and what I'll be watching for is, is Danielson going to work Okada's right arm to the point where Danielson eats a left-armed Rainmaker and, and takes a pin? Because that's the equivalent of Okada tapping out. Mm -hmm. mm, that's a good point. It's this thing that never happens. It's never worked, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, Okada's got to hit it with the other arm because because uh, Danielson shredded his right arm. I That's what I'm watching for if they're going to do a body part match. Oh, uh, 
you know, and, and that's what else you do, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Venus is already promising a body part, man. Yeah, exactly. So they've already planted the seed and now it's time to deliver. So, but I, the finish is the most interesting thing. Cause I don't think you can get Danielson to tap out to a money clip or something like, but you know, <laughs> they're going to tease it. Yeah. They're gonna yeah. tease it. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So they're going to grab a hold. <laughs> and Danielson's going to be selling that money clip. Oh, absolutely. Nobody's business for the love of absolutely. God. And that's my thing is like, I think Moxley comes out at some point, right? To make some sort of intrigue, um, thrown in a towel, this, that, wow. the other thing. Yeah, it could be anything, right? And I think maybe that leads to finally getting a, a Moxley Okada match at some point, too. Yeah. 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 Hey, forbidden uh-huh. doors. Uh... <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Why yeah. not start that now? Mm-hmm. Uh, Scotty, what do you feel about this match? I I have I've had this rant ready. Okay, it's very rare in pro wrestling that you get two all time greats in a situation like this, in a situation where they let a lot of people down with their first match, and they know that they let themselves down with that match. Brian Danielson's a perfectionist. I don't care what he says; he is a perfectionist. You've seen him in the Continental Classic. It might be the best version of Brian Danielson we've ever seen in terms of going out there wrestling six back to back to back to back to back great matches and making every single one must see. Kazuchika Okada in the Tokyo Dome, there may not be anyone in history that's better than that scenario in pro wrestling. It's just, it's magic, right? Mix that all together, add in the fact that Brian Danielson's entering the Tokyo Dome. Add in the fact that this is Wrestle Kingdom. Add in the fact that the crowd's going to be loud and awesome for this. It it is a perfect storm. I'm I'm almost happy they've had that first match because it now tempers some people's expectations, right? With with Omega and Osprey last year, I think, and and maybe this hurts the excitement going into a little bit more. But like Osprey and Omega obviously had with their match. However, going into last year, if Osprey and Omega didn't have the greatest match ever, th- you know, they were people were going to hate them for it. And, you know, they delivered 100%. This is different. This is a challenge for both of them. This is Okada in home turf. This is Danielson away turf. This is these two cutting these. Well, uh, Danielson cutting this incredible promo, making this personal, right? The 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 story that they keep telling is, Danielson's beat Okada twice, right? Once in the singles match, the other the tag match, but he's gotten hurt both matches. I I know he did not get hurt in the tag match, but that's the story we play. I think this is going to be brutal. I think this is going to be a 40-minute classic. I think this is going to be everything that that first match was supposed to be and more. Um, People like to make sense. Oh, it's five stars in the Tokyo Dome. You're damn right it is. Like, okay, (laughs) like sometimes, yeah, it is. It is, and I, I can't wait for this match. I truly can't. I'm someone that's excited, actually, for the regular main event. I know a lot of people are uh, poo-pooing that one a little bit, but I think this is going to be fantastic, and I think it's going to be everything people wanted and more. And it's, again, in the Tokyo Dome, not in the middle of Toronto randomly. <laughs> and having to follow Osprey and Omega, too, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Um, and you know, maybe that's something that plays into this that, that sort of helps this cause co- the match's cause here is that you know, some people are disappointed by the match, and some people, and obviously, you know, it, the match ended sort of weirdly because of an injury, of course, said injury to Brian Danielson. That helps this match's cause a little bit, right? Uh, uh, 
it helps, as Scotty said, temper expectations. But hey, it might have been a flat finish because of injury. Well, hopefully, pray to God, knock on all the wood in the, in the entire world, uh, that there isn't another injury in this match. And it leads to a better finish uh, that is, isn't as flat. Um, it's a match that can, that has the opportunity to improve upon itself. Uh, Omega Osprey, not Omega Osprey. Uh, no, yes, Omega Osprey uh, had a great match at Wrestle Kingdom, and then the second match comes around. It's like, well, how do you improve that? How do you improve on that last one? This one, it's it feels very easy to improve on it, and it's from one of the two. Sorry, two of the two greatest wrestlers in the world, two of the greatest wrestlers today. Um, it's hard, and I would say in their primes, arguably in their primes. We had a previous conversation, Scotty and I, about. Um, you can I we both made very solid arguments that Brian Danielson is might be a proper wrestler of the year. Uh not only candidate but winner. Because of a broken forearm via uh-huh. Okada. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And if, if Roman Reigns can get conversations about wrestler of the year, uh-huh. then Brian Danielson for sure could uh and yeah. dominate that 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 uh that uh the task. But yeah, he he is two of the best wrestlers of the world. Uh obviously they can improve upon their formula. And now that they've already wrestled uh, before, they got sort of that the the kinks out before. Let's roll on into the Tokyo Dome and put on a great show. Why not? You know, why not destroy the main event with this uh, with this semi right here? Well, hey, no, I don't think they're going to destroy. Them. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying, I think there's these are two totally separate lanes this year. I don't think. Yeah, and and that that I think is a reason that I I can look at the show a little more holistically as opposed to mm. looking at last year's show as you know couple yeah some matches i was excited about this to me feels like a really traditionally built um Mm -hmm. wrestle kingdom card so and then this match included as that kind of chris jericho versus omega osprey versus omega that 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 really high on the card semi-main spot that is catering to um you know, the, I guess the English speaking audience, but but truly just catering to that sort of dream match audience, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the, the term dream match gets thrown around a lot. This is a real one still. Um, yeah, even uh, even even as number two, um, it's absolutely a dream match. And, and for my money, these are the two best professional wrestlers in the world. And right behind them is is will osprey and honestly you still can't discount kenny omega so like yeah. i mean through two wrestle kingdoms now the semi-main co-main however you want to you know tag it is including the four best wrestlers in the world yeah mm-hmm. that works for me you know like <laughs> that, that's fine with me let's do yeah. that um so i'm stoked i'm stoked for this match even though i've been down on you know my you know my opinion about their previous match because i you know of course i recognize that that wasn't what they wanted to do but the, well, that's part of it right you yeah. expect them to have the great match that's why you're down on it yeah exactly now they get that chance yeah exactly. and and in the best building in the world to have for wrestling well the second best it's not real goku that's fair uh, well real goku a hot real goku you can't beat that yeah. Let's talk about the main event. Uh, IWGP World Heavyweight title on the line, of course. Sonata defending it against Tetsuya Naito. Uh, I'll play my hand here and says, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sort of the poo-poo uh, head about this match. I'm not really looking forward to this main event. I understand what's happening. I understand the roll call of it all. I, uh, uh, of all the wrestlers, I'm not the biggest Naito fan, and Sonata's year has been 
interesting, but not the greatest for me in terms of watching. Um, so I would love, please, somebody, uh, tell me why I need to be severely interested in this match. Why I should be hopeful. It should be a great match. Uh, give me, give me some juice. Give me some uh, juice for this old poo-poo head over here. Because the fun of pro wrestling is knowing that it's predetermined and them still violating your expectations. So to me, this match is the most fun match because I'm waiting for them to get me to bite. And, mm. and, and you know what? They probably are going to, yeah. um, I, I have faith that they're going to, and that's what I wait for. when I'm watching a pro wrestling match, right? Like I look at things, you know, just based on my role with pro wrestling, like I zoom out a little bit, right? I'm not a matches guy. I'm not, I don't have a notebook. I don't do the star rating thing. So what all I'm asking for is I know in this brain of mine that Tetsuya Naito is winning this match, but I need Sonata in this heart of mine to tell yeah. me to to give me that one flutter where i'm like <gasps> he's gonna do it that one yeah. o'connor roll or a or a moonsault that that naito kicks out of or you know what, whatever right sonata's got a myriad mm-hmm. of ways to end a match like give me one of those that's that 2.9999999999999999 kick out <laughs> like that stupid close where i'm like oh my god like i'm grabbing my chair like oh shoot so that's let the record all let the record show audience we did cut out 12 minutes <laughs> <laughs> and i became a robot and it was just a i was ai for a, for a minute just saying yeah. nine he was a um, german robot yeah uh, that was that was not a, a glitch in the podcast recording like i need that close of an of a near fall to get mm-hmm. me and that that i think when i'm watching just a match right that's the moment yeah. i'm waiting for even when i know even after the fact even when i know what the finish was if i'm watching a match that i know the results of i still want that moment where yeah. i forget for that split second and I'm like, ah, oh, wait, I knew that. Damn it. You know, yeah. it's like you get you just get mad at yourself. Yeah. Um, and and that moment will happen. And if it doesn't, I'll be a little disappointed and, and it'll come out a little flat. But, you know, and you know, the reactions to the Tokyo Dome, it sounds different in the Tokyo Dome yeah. when that shock thing happens, because you hear the sound of it over the course of this big building yeah. and all of a sudden the sound makes it back to the microphone so it starts real close and all of a sudden real far away they're finally getting the reaction sounds to to the microphones and it's just such a cool it's such a cool thing um in that particular building and i you know i i don't want to harp on the tokyo dome you know the it's a meme right but like that that's the reason it feels different it just feels bigger in these places and yeah the story is naito doing the roll call and you know sonata finally showing up for the big match but man i'm waiting for that moment that's all i'm waiting for that's all i need because the rest of it's filler right the rest of it's just going to be two great pro wrestlers like really good in-ring pro wrestlers going out there and having a really good in-ring match like these are two of the best that you can get in new japan for that matter and two of the biggest you know domestic stars right not global worldwide stars naito hardly ever leaves the country and you know sonata just hasn't caught on with different audience but these are two of the they are they are stars in japan there's no ifs ands or buts about it you know and you know i can't defend okada or uh, sonata's title reign because it hasn't really been the, you know, if you look at the guys he defended against, it's not like he beat the murderer's row. You know, he beat, <laughs> you know, Tony Khan put him up against Jack Perry. So, you know, that tells you something. <laughs> so, like, 
you know, it's it is time. It's time to move on. It's time to give Naito that moment and the fans that moment. They're all buying a ticket just to hear that dude on a mic afterwards. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. And I love to see and I said the same thing in 2020. Like, I love to see my friends who are so into Tetsuya Naito have that moment. And I think they all know everyone that I know that's that's a Naito person. They're really they know this is that last one. And I, a lot of them, yeah. some some that I know are are there. They're going because they think that that's the thing. And I really, really, really hope that this is not a, a moment where New Japan messes around. I, I think you got to give us you got to give the people what they want. Right. So I think this is it. That's that's my way of trying to hype you on this match. No, no, I completely agree. Uh, work me, brother. That's the yeah, uh, exactly. That's what I, that's what any best any great wrestling match should be. Is I I want to be worked. I want to be tricked into believing that it can be true. Uh, because when wrestling is bad, it's bad. But when it's great, when you when you forget that this whole thing is fake, yep, uh, it makes it all that greater. It reminds you because because ultimately what that does it brings you back to being a child, right? that's the whole believing in Santa Claus thing. It's uh, sorry, Scott, I, I, I might have spoiled that for you. Um, it's the whole, it's the whole idea of like, I'm believing it for it to be true. Cause I want it so badly to be true. And I want that too. Um, I, I would love for that. And I, you know, you said that all, all the rest of the matches filler, it's all that rest of the match is ultimately going to be what gets us to that point. Yes. It, is it true. going to get, it is the rest of the match going to make that moment believable. Because anyone can write that moment into a match, but it's whether or not Sonata and Naito can get it together. Not get it together. I shouldn't say it like that. Uh, whether or not Sonata and Naito can put it together uh, to create that moment uh, and, and give uh, Chris a quick little heart palpitation. Uh, Scotty, what do you think about this main event and how excited are you for it? I was reminded of the power of Tetsuya Naito on those last two nights of the G1. There's no one like Tetsuya Naito in Japan. Like the just when that crowd gets into it for this guy, every match is lifted because of it. He could do the you know, he could have the most minimal move set come Wrestle Kingdom, and it won't matter because everything they're going to bite on, and that's gonna make me also bite on. Because right, this this is the last chance. I, I firmly believe like this is Naito's last shot at doing this. I'm not saying he's going to retire with the next year, but this is his last chance r- probably to main event and get that roll call. And that alone makes this big, but I don't know if there's many things in wrestling that's better than a big Naito main event. I just don't. I just don't. It almost doesn't even matter who he's facing. And and in in this spot where he's trying to win the world title and get that last hurrah. It reminds me a lot of Tanahashi when he beat Kenny Omega, right? He got that last hurrah. I know people are down on the build and all that, but it's very much of the theme of a Sonata Naito build, right? Sonata, Sonata in his mind, he just wants to win. He's not trying to put focus on this is the former LIJ guys. This is the guy... 18 years in the making. Watch the incredible video that New Japan put out of previewing this match. It's phenomenal. Like, I watched it. I was like, okay, this match is going to – it's everything. Like, this is all you need. It's going to be special because Tetsuya Naito, that's what he does. He makes things special. And I know Sonata can live up to these spots. That match with Okada, when he won the belt, 
was fantastic. I loved that match. I really did. When he beat Okada, the, the guy that felt unbeatable at the time, that was great. Obviously, the title reign did not go as hoped. That that there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that, right? And people, you know, people have said, Oh, I wish Suji won. I wish that you know, if Suji was coming into this against Naito, I don't know if I'd be feel like it would feel a lot different. But there's the history here. There's the natural story to tell between these two. Um, they are trying to be the best. Sonata's trying to finally be that guy. He's finally getting his Tokyo Dome main event. He's finally, in many ways, trying to live up to what Keiji Muto once wanted for him. Um, you know, and a year later, right after Naito was the one in that retirement match, not Sonata. I think you'll you'll you might see a little of that snugness in this match as time goes on because he you know he wasn't happy watching Sonata stand on the outside in that suit and just kind of accepting that match. Man, you you know that's still you know it drives him crazy. Emotions come out when the match happens. It's about being in the ring at the end of the day. And I think when these two get in the ring face to face, crowd going Naito, Naito, you know, and they'll chance Sonata too because, like Chris said, domestically. These two are unbelievably popular. It's going to be hot. It's going to drive it home. And I think ultimately it will be a great match with the perfect ending with Naito getting the win, getting the roll call and kind of the storybook ending for him. Really? It doesn't matter about it. Really? Nothing after that matters for Naito's reign. It's about that. What do we, I'm going to pitch this one out here. Does Naito need the roll call to have yeah. the storyline ending? Yes. Yeah. There you go. I, I put that out of here. It's just this is the the devil's argument where the devil's his knees need the roll call. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I, I bring that up because it's like you know New Japan isn't afraid of like not pulling not necessarily pulling the trigger, but not you no, know you're right. I sure. Oh no. Naito before <laughs> that's that's why people are freaked out. Yeah, and I because and they're I, like, well. They did it. And it feel yeah, they gave him the title. They gave, he finally got that title. He completed the Okada story. Um, does this roll call mean that much that he has to get it? And I agree with you yeah, guys. Kent is a bastard, that's why. <laughs> I thought that ruled. I mean too. I did too. That's I mean, I think most I yeah, think most I people did. did. And then they realized once once it was all over, they're like, Oh shit, we didn't get the roll call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I only bring that up as a point of um is the roll call that important um is it something that it can be a dangling chad onto uh his on naito's career uh or is it something that is required i agree with you guys that he's he's probably gonna win and get the uh roll call and everything but i I think it's something that to discuss that sort of this 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 outside chance of instead of a lij roll call we get a just five guys roll call i don't know you know <laughs> it's, my it's bring up I, while Scotty was talking, I had this kind of epiphany. This Wrestle Kingdom, in various ways, for most of these matches, a lot of people are pointing to them all being rematches, right? Yeah, I don't think this Wrestle Kingdom is about rematches, I think it's about in so many different ways. For every match, it's sort of a different way, but this whole card is about redemption. Mm. so naito wants redemption for someone taking away his big moment at the dome 
Yeah. Okada and Danielson want redemption for not delivering what, what was expected of them at forbidden door. Um, really just each other breaking my arm and yeah yeah oh yeah sure i mean if you want to go full storyline with it absolutely right um you know as you go down the car three-way unsure about yeah yeah you know and then junior heavyweight championship right like these guys had a match at the tokyo dome they had a big match with a silent crowd their best match ever was in front of a silent crowd they want the redemption of doing it in front of a raucous Tokyo Dome with Hiromu and El Desperado. And you can go on and on down the card. And like, you know, even Shingo and Tama, that's a rematch, but they want the redemption uh, or Tama Tonga wants the redemption of his title back. The one title that he's ever held as a singles, right? Like you can tell that story all the way down the card almost. And so that I think to me now, that's my theme, right? Like, what does that redemption look like for Tetsuya Naito? to get that moment, to protect that moment, to have those LIJ guys come out and protect that moment with him, which is what he didn't do in 2020 and what he hasn't done historically. Will they be ringside? Will they be nearby? Will they chase him off? Just five guys is not an interference um, unit. So I don't worry too much about during the match, but I worry a little bit about after the match, but it also puts Sonata in or near the ring for that roll call. And I think that that's an important, right? Yeah. And I and I think, you know, someone mentioned evil coming out as the kind of <laughs> in the in the Kenta role yeah. and then and them running him off. But then we'll Naito, see. but then Naito, including him in the roll call mm-hmm. because they ran him off. Like there's there's a lot of things happening there. So or even if Sonata runs him off, that'd be fun. little Right. He's like, no, he beat me fair and square. I'm going to run you away. You know, I think that there's something there. There's something romantic about that. So that's. I think that's my that's kind of my final say about Wrestle Kingdom. I think it's Wrestle Kingdom uh, 18 colon redemption. Ooh, there it is, folks. There it is. The the Chris Sam's the sum up of Wrestle Kingdom 18. Well, if you're not excited, get excited. Of course, January 4th is the date. New Japan World is where you can watch it. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, of course, stopping in uh, on your podcast tours. Uh, we appreciate you making the time for us. I appreciate you guys. It's always a good time. I, I, I really, I really do like to chat with you guys, a uh, different perspective than, than some of the other groups that I, I get to talk to. So um, always a good time, always open to it. Let's uh, let's not wait so long to do it again. All right. Yes, please. Awesome. Yes, please. Um, uh, where I will you- admit, I just uh, admit something. I'm kind of like a little kid when Wrestle Kingdom comes around. So like these top matches, I'm just going to talk myself into them no matter what. Because yeah. at the end of the day, that's all I care about. I'm yeah. I'm trying to get myself amped up for it because that's how I, I love staying up for the show. I It's something I do every single year. I've done it since the Jericho Kenny one, and nice. I, I, I won't stop. You know, it's like and I think I, I think a lot of people probably have that uh, ritual now with this show. And I think that's part of the fun. So I just wanted to add that in there as uh, we head into the latest and greatest Wrestle Kingdom show. Yeah, and I found a pizza place that delivers till one a.m. So I'm, ooh, <laughs> yeah, that's more. Yeah, important. so I'm a I'm a winner. I I get a fresh <laughs> a fresh pie, and then I watch myself a Rambo and try to stay awake. Winner, winner, pizza, <laughs> indeed. Um, well, that's fantastic. I I can't wait for New Japan. Uh, I can't wait for Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, I think uh, it's going to kick off uh, a very interesting new era potentially. Let's say. 
uh, for New Japan. So I'm very excited to see what that could shape out, what that can look like, or what sort of foundations we're laying here at Wrestling Kingdom 18. Again, Chris, thank you so much for coming on to Ring Post Radio. Uh, where can people find you? and Where can people find more of what you do? Yeah, best place to find me right now is is Twitter. And that's really unfortunate, but I, I hate to point people to Twitter intentionally, but that's that's where that's where I am. Um, so at the Chris Sampson Twitter, anything I do, I'll, I'll make sure is linked there, including this, this podcast and, and, and others. So, um, otherwise I, I'm around, I'll be, I, you probably won't be able to get away from me if you're paying attention to Russell kingdom. And I am sorry for that, but also you're welcome. So, uh, best, <laughs> also, yeah, his best. seeds of influence have, have gotten into AEW. So he's just, spread a li- just a little, not, not, not like the new Japan world, but, um, Happy to talk AEW anytime. Perfect, perfect. Um, well, Scotty, any final words before we get to Wrestle Kingdom to leave our folks at home? Oh, man, I'm tired. I've recorded for five hours already. I got to record again after this. I'm good. <laughs> perfect. perfect. Uh, I, I, I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, I uh, appreciate it again, Chris, for coming on the show. Scotty, uh, we'll talk to you. We'll talk again on Sunday. Uh, or I guess Sunday in the future, the past, I guess this episode coming out later. Forget that. I'm going home. I'm going to bed. Good night, everybody. We'll see you next time on Ring Post Radio. This has been a Countout Podcast. Countout provides a wide variety of bonus content that is right at your fingertips. On the Countout Patreon, our podcasts are creating bonus content exclusively for you, their listener. For only $5 a month, you can watch instant reactions to major shows, watch-alongs, early access to main feed podcasts, some fun goof and gag audio, plus shows from some of the podcasters' outside interests. It's the best way to experience all that the Countout Network has to offer. So head on down to patreon.com slash countout to take part in some of the best and most fun content wrestling has to offer. Again, that is patreon.com slash countout.